you do at Inatech is you take the specifications from the customers and you bring them down to the software engineers. Yes, y yes, uh, that's, that's right. Well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. Uh -huh. So you physically take the specs from the customer? Well, no, my, my secretary does that, or the facts. So then you must physically bring them to the software people? Well, no. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. What, what would you say you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand that? What the hell is wrong with you people? Six minutes and... Wow, I sound really loud today. My voice is huge. It is uh, six minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, the talker. Thank you so much for coming along. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is 503-733-733. 2970-503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, conventions, uh, rumination, pondering, musings, whatever it is you uh, you might have today. All right. And uh, so forth. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along the observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd or whatever it is you might have to contribute to today's excursion into whimsy. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to email us, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, coming up today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, we'll join us today. We'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent. Oh, no, sorry. I got a, a note about Roger Klein. I totally forgot we're having him in studio tomorrow. I was actually just going to was gonna say, pardon me, I got a little, I, you know, I got you guys this thing where now I just, I feel like I just inhaled a piece of dust. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's somewhere in my throat. Doesn't quite mm -hmm. want to go down. Hold on a second. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I just had a panicky thing because I saw the Roger Klein thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember scheduling that two months ago. Did we accidentally forget it? Um, hello, Tim Riley. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of fine. I brought something to chew on today. Like ginger? I certainly did, yes. Uh, you did like some? I thought you meant like <gasps> mentally. Yes. I'll take some of that action. All right. 
Who Anywho, wants ginger root? Me. I do. I do, I do. All right, hang on, I got some. Anyway, it is uh, 503-733-2970. Coming up today, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. Uh, Dorothy Casaseri from the National Enquirer is going to join us today. And it's been a few uh, weeks since we've had her on. Uh, we had, I think, uh, last week... I think we uh, I think we did not have Dorothy on last week because it was the, kind of the post-election thing. No, because I was gone. That's why. Thank you. Speaking of uh, throats and voices, it's uh, because last... I swear to God, you just looked like a squirrel just now when you were eating that ginger. <laughs> oh, had... it makes my throat burn. It's awesome. The, this... Oh, that hurts. Just now. Oh. Just now, Sarah started nibbling on this piece of ginger root that Tim Riley brought in. You had it clutched. Between the tiny fingers of your hands, <laughs> and you were holding it up, and you were doing that sort of chewing on it. It hurts so bad in a real good way. Oh, wow, it does. Not unlike this program itself. Mm. Oh, it's all burny. I swear to God, for all the world, you look like you should have been in the yard across the street from me, huddled, you know, huddled like underneath a branch. It's going to be one of those days, I could just tell. All right. Um, what was my point? So last week, we did not have Dorothy on because I was actually out sick. Uh, the week before that, I think, was the, the, the we were buckling down for the election craziness. So now the election is over, and Cindy McCain is uh, free to have sex with whoever she likes. And uh, so we will talk to uh, Dorothy today about that photo in the National Enquirer of Cindy McCain getting it on with some Fabio guy. Is that the deal? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Mr. Skin will be joining us from MrSkin.com uh, today because we we had that whole thing yesterday. Can you drop Tim's mic just a little bit there? All right, thank you. It's kind of it's giving me that little back slap. <laughs> As you're talking, you talk, drop Tim's mic. Well, I don't know. I think... I don't what about, somebody must have messed with our microphones at some point. Yeah, because... And I know that engineers think that we're always making this up. Engineers, and this is not just the engineers here, engineers in radio always think that on-air personalities in radio are hallucinating changes to the microphone. Because to be fair, a lot of people who come in and spend their day on the mic, they come in and they... They will fixate every single moment about the microphone, the processing, the volume, and about how something must have changed. So a lot of times that does get to be a little bit of a, uh, won't you get the specs of white dust off my clothing kind of a thing. But I do think that Tim's microphone was actually sweetened at some point to such an extent that it now picks up Sarah's voice and my voice, and it gives us this little bit of kind of tinny hollowness. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. I don't even know if anybody else can hear it, but I can hear it. I can't hear a thing. It's real. Right. Don't look at me that way. Tell me the lights went down. Um, okay, i got to get a hold of myself. Uh, so, uh, But we had that photo of Dorothy uh, in the National Enquirer. The Dorothy Carson series is going to talk about it, but Cindy McCain uh, getting it on with some campaign guy. Um, so uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will join us today. We'll do the top five. Today's top five, though, because Mitch Mitchell who was the original drummer for the Jimi Hendrix Experience, because he was found dead at the Benson Hotel, room 1233, yesterday. So because of that, we're going to revisit sort of a classic top five uh, for the archives. We're going to do the top five drum intros to a rock song. It's coming up later on the day. That is a, it's a, it is a previously done top five, not one created for this. It's one that I had stashed away. We will revisit it today. Top five drum intros to a song. Uh, what else? Oh, I got the I got the uh, entire Mr. T infomercial audio. I mean, that like whole six-minute highlight reel. Got the whole thing. So we'll do the whole Mr. T infomercial today. Uh, let's. It is High Concept Thursday. We'll do High Concept uh, Thursday's topic later on in the program. And I think I think that's probably it for now. And I want to tease a whole lot more. Uh, plus your phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We're joined today, as always, by Tim Riley, who is working on the following stories for your edification. Why, you did this out of order. 
but that's okay. Usually you call on Sarah X. Dillon first. No, I never call on Sarah X. Dillon first. Are you sure? I swear I was on a different program all along. I'm usually called on secondly. But he used, uh, he used the phrasing that he usually does to introduce me because he usually says, That's Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification Would today. Would you like to see my previous show, Matrix's Tim? No, I believe you. All right. Now I can't hear anything. I can tell you really don't believe me, by the way. It doesn't matter. It's a what do you mean you can't hear anything? I couldn't a second ago. You know, and my, my mic suddenly been, seems too quiet. My mic's been unsweetened. Oh, my God. Also, I'm a banana. <laughs> my spoon is too big. So continuing, it's a typical pre-Thanksgiving weather as seven are rescued after floodwaters wipe out a bridge in Tillamook. More flooding landslides are possible. There are road closures on the coast. Oregon State Police make the biggest ecstasy bust ever. 250 of these pills, usually popped by irresponsible pleasure seekers. She's not going away anytime soon. Sarah Palin isn't ruling out running for president in 2012. Good for her. They're going to parade her around. Uh, Portland, that is attacked for interrupting a burglary. Detroit would like a bailout. Little help that would be. Walmart will not be asking for a bailout. The only company that isn't. They made a profit in the third quarter. 10% more than last year. And something to gross everybody out. Try to wipe this thought from your mind. The pregnant man is pregnant again. Well, that's yeah. great. That's wonderful, Tim. Thanks for that. The baby needs a playmate. The wouldn't, miracle of life. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just on, like, last... Wednesday or Monday or something, I was talking about how we've all forgotten about the pregnant guy. Mm -hmm. And so I think the pregnant guy, in some weird way, sensed that we were about to forget about him. And so, quick, into my uterus. Uh, all right, quick, to the baby maker. Uh, we are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Being introduced after Tim, as is always the case. Hello, oh, Sarah. How are you today? Good. Do you want me to uh, turn up your mic a little bit more? How Maybe you, down a little bit? Shut up. Huh? I don't know. It's really loud. Maybe you can turn up your sarcasm a little bit more. <laughs> huh? Huh? You know, Thursday is always the day that we go a little wacky on this program. And, I, and by we, I mean me. I don't know. Some people I know that... It, 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 let me ask you this. Let's just go around the room. Is there a day of the week on which you are typically a little off-kilter? Friday. And if, is it Friday, really? Because Thursday is kind of my Friday because I tend to go out on Thursday. Right. And so on Friday, sometimes I feel a little loopy. So you, by loopy, you mean a little under, un, under-rested, perhaps? Yes, Fridays and Mondays, I think. All right. Tim, day of the week you feel off-kilter. Friday. Yes. I, I feel by Friday I've contributed everything I possibly can. You're, you're creatively spent. And I'm ready to go home. You're, you are aesthetically exhausted by yes. Friday. Um, all right. So before we do anything else, I will say that, uh, that today is Thursday, and Thursday is always the day that I am a little discombobulated, uh, as they say. And I don't know why, and it's always been that way. It has been that way for as long as I can remember. Monday is fine. Tuesday, fine. Wednesday, fine. Friday, you know, a little extra, you know, maybe manic or energetic or something because you got that end-of-the-week push going on. For some reason, if there's a day that I'm going to be running behind, as I am today, if there's going to be a day that I'm feeling a little frazzled, as I am today, is that if there's going to be a day uh, that I'm feeling a little, I don't know, just not quite organized within my own cranium, as I am today, it is always this day. It is always Thursday. So, there you go. I, have no doubt, it's going to be a great show. I mean, to perish any, uh, any contrary thought from your mind. It's going to be pure distilled genius today. But it is, uh, we are coloring a little bit outside the lines today, I think. Anyway, so uh, how are you, Sarah? How are things? Doing well. It was my friend Heather's birthday last night, so went out with many friends and had many cocktails. It was a lot of fun. All right. But boy, oh boy, I'm really excited for the James Bond movie tonight. Here's the thing about that James Bond movie tonight. So we, um, I've got, uh, people have been emailing me this morning asking if we're going to be giving away uh, any additional passes. And we have, the, in fact, the only, though, remaining pair 
We'll be going to the Glorious Bastard of the Week, and we will reveal the Glorious Bastard of the Week. I'll try to do it early in the show because you got to make, you know, they got to make plans for tonight and get a sitter or whatever it is people do. Uh, so that is tonight. Uh, so we've been giving away tickets to that for the past couple weeks. The Portland premiere of Quantum of Solace is tonight. Um, that is going to be happening at seven o'clock. So if you have passes, you are uh, you are a lucky person. It's gonna they went fast. We're going to be giving away the final pair today to the Glorious Bastard of the Week, and then. I think we notified via email like a day or two ago. Uh, there was a, the one lucky winner who, along with somebody else, is going to be sitting with us at the theater for the screening they tonight. They get to buy us popcorn. Yes, they do, Sarah, and they get to bring us vodka in small, <laughs> secretive containers. So, um, so that is tonight, seven o'clock. So we will be there uh, at the screening, the Portland premiere for James Bond, Quantum of Solace. Tonight, seven o'clock. So that is the uh, that is the big happening. Hold on, I'm going to take a small bite of ginger root. This ginger root is different than mine. This ginger root appears to be covered in hair. It is hairy. It's Fred Meyer ginger root. Are you sure this is ginger root? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. You buy it and you can tell. Oh yeah. Take a bite. All right. Hold on. Take a bite. Oh, that's ginger root. Yeah. Oh. Wow. It's it like, makes the back of my throat tingle. It stings the larynx. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in any case. Which means it's doing its job. <sighs> it's kind of like a, a mouthwash when you know it's killing all the germs, but it's all... Tingy. Like an antiseptic. Like an, some sort of an antiseptic wash or swab or something where you can sort of feel it burning away all the germs within your mouth. Jesus, God. All right. So a couple uh, brief bits of business to get to, and then we'll uh, get some phone calls. We'll take a break at the bottom. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, first of all, a couple things. Uh, you know, my wife is gone for uh, uh, for two weeks. She's in Peru. I got a fantastic email from her, by the way, uh, that I'll probably read later on. Because, you know, one likes to think that one is a sophisticated world traveler. You know, one likes to view one's, you know, because she's been to a few places. I mean, she's gone to, uh, you know, she went to Panama uh, about six months ago. And, you know, and then all the, you know, the, the kind of the bigger places. She's gone to, uh, you know, she's gone to Italy and Scotland and whatever. So she's off. She's, she's going to see. You guys know what the Nazca lines are? No. In Peru. The Is Nazca... that something Botox can take away? Yes. <laughs> you suffer from Nazca lines. Um, our quick, discreet, efficient service. Well, the Nazca lines are these huge sort of hieroglyphs um, that are etched into a rock bed in Peru. In other words, it is like it's like a salt flat, but it's rock. It's just this. It is just this vast open space where the ground is essentially, you know, it's mineralized. The ground is basically like rock, and it just stretches on forever. And there are these huge hieroglyphs that are drawn, etched into the ground. So basically, think of them as kind of like crop circles, but on a stone sort of ground surface. But they're massive. And the thing is, they were made like, I don't know, thousands of years ago. The weird thing is, though, you can only see them from above. Because oh, I've get, heard of those. And, and they're, they're depictions of, like, of animals, of monkeys and spiders. But the, but the insane thing about it is... And I'm not like I believe like aliens were coming down and like spray painting on the surface of uh, you know of our planet, but the weird thing is, I mean these things were made just like you know three thousand years ago. You can only even see what they look like if you are on a plane flying over because again they're etched, like crop circles. Yeah, exactly. But they're etched into this the rock layer. So obviously if you're standing on the ground, there you go. Like Sarah's looking at one right there. That's a monkey. But see, but. You get, you get a sense nuts. of how huge that is? Yeah. And so, obviously, if you're standing on the ground, wow. you can't even see them because it, they're so big and, and, and level with the ground, they are invisible. And so the question is, like, who did those? They don't know who did it. They don't know why. And the, the really trippy part about this is, and you can go to Google and see this, they're called the Nazca Lines, N-A-Z-C-A. 
The insane part about it is they have no idea how they were even done. Because it's not like a painting where you're, you know, you're painting something and then you step back and you look at the canvas and go, well, I need more red over here. I mean, whoever did those things couldn't see what they were doing because they had no airplane. They had no way to get 3,000 feet in the air. So they had no idea what the product was actually even looking like as they were doing it. So it's, it's kind of freaky. So, um, so this is the, I'll just read this right now. It's kind of brief. This is the email from my, from my wife this morning. Hey, Rick, today I threw up over the Nazca lines. Yes, it's all about me. We drove for six ungodly hours on a travel bus where, uh, to Nazca, where we quickly boarded a five, yes, five-person plane. Tim, you'll appreciate this. You've traveled in some uh, sketchy forms of transportation. Uh, especially when I flew it into uh, Poland aboard this... Single-engine plane. There was oil spitting all over the windows as I'm looking out. Speaking of Poland, I've got a, I've got gifts for us from a friend of ours who went to Poland. Okay. Um, we boarded a five-person plane. I was seated next to the pilot who, wait for it, wound up a little hand crank next to my leg that said propeller on it in order to take off. The flight was bouncing around every which way, given its minuscule size, and to add to intestinal intensity, the pilot kept banking sharply every time we were over a line formation to give us a better view. The pilot, in a cute Peruvian accent, pointed out each formation below, and we had a little map of that. So about the time the pilot said, see the monkey? Monkey! Monkey! Look at the monkey! I totally lost it and hurled into a small white plastic sack. She says, tomorrow I take a real plane to Iquitos, then up the Amazon, um, you know, to, and then blah, 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 to Machu Picchu. And, and so. the in-flight movie is alive. <laughs> <laughs> if you look down to the left, there are soccer teams everywhere. Anyway, so, so one need never uh, be ashamed of one's travel experiences. My wife went to see one of the greatest uh, natural exhibits, or, you know, one of the greatest sort of archaeological, historical exhibits in all of the world. And threw up. I don't. I mean, at least it wasn't out the window of the plane, like down onto the Nazca lines. But you know, what are you going to do? So there's that. Uh, tonight, James Bond, Quantum of Solace, and then tomorrow, Tim. Are you uh, aware of this thing that is happening tomorrow night? The Superman Orchestra. I heard about that. All right, you got to go see this. Keep in mind, I have no stake in this financially or otherwise. I'm just telling you this because it's cool. They're playing the the music from the Max Fleischer. Movies. No. 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 I'm here's, wrong. Here's what they're doing. The original Max Fleischer cart uh, Superman cartoons, which I know you, Tim, hold up to be the definitive representation yes. of Superman. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow night at the Hollywood Theater, and it may be sold out, so I'm saying this right now. You may not be able to get tickets. Tomorrow night, the Hollywood Theater, the 14th, they're going to be showing seven of the original Max Fleischer vintage Superman cartoons. But here's the thing. They're going to show those on the big screen. Mm -hmm. The original sound effects have been left intact, but the music and the voice acting will be done live in the theater. So you will watch the original Fleischer cartoons on the screen, mm -hmm. but the music will be done by a live orchestra in the Hollywood theater, and the voice acting is going to be done live in the theater as well. So that is pretty So you were the first person I thought of. No, I, I was reading about that. So somebody gets to play Bud Collier. Exactly. And there's going to be a live orchestra right there accompanying the that action so on the cool. screen. And I think they're doing it someplace else on the East Coast at the same yeah. time. It's, I mean, it's pretty badass mm -hmm. is what it is. It is pretty righteous. Uh, let's see. We'll do a couple phone calls, and, I'll, and then we'll do this email, and then we'll take a break. I'll do the email first. This is from, uh, this is from sort of the, the, the chief engineer, the super engineer of CBS Radio. 
And the subject line, I don't know if you guys got this, subject line, safety precautions for CBS Radio. No, I didn't get that one. Mm -mm. It says, on November 24th, 2008, a new regulation impacting CBS Radio and its news reporters will become effective. It affects all news station personnel who may find themselves working in potentially unsafe environments. Tim, all CBS employees, including talent, reporters, interns, and production employees, must wear ANSI 107-20004 Performance Class 3 clothing when in harm's way, Tim. What does that look like? I have no idea. Can it be purchased at the men's warehouse? Each person, Tim, who engages in any type of activity that might be considered dangerous must be provided with the required safety equipment, Tim. Oh, so I must be provided with this. It costs now, me what, nothing. What is the outfit? What is it called again? It is the ANSI 107-2004 Performance Class 3 clothing. When in harm's unisex? way. Is that unisex clothing? Uh, so ladies do work in newsrooms. It's true, Tim. I don't really know. Uh, apparently, though, they are going to have economy of scale pricing, Tim, so it might be affordable for less than you might expect. Will Katie Couric be modeling this? <laughs> They're safety vests. I would like to think so. It's a safety vest. I have no idea what it is. Like is it Winston just a Churchill's boiler suit or something? Is it just a thing to keep you from being run down by automobiles? I don't know. Right. Do you have a picture of it? I'm no. trying to find it. So, Tim, as you go about your daily business of reporting the news, always remember to wear your ANSI 107-2004 Class 3 safety equipment. This is ridiculous. Let me see. It's a construction vest. <laughs> Let me see. It's a construction vest. That is what does styling. that protect you from? Nothing. It protects you from taste. But we have to we have to uh, put Tim in harm's way. I am not going to wear that. It protects you from class, Sarah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. Somebody's going to think I'm a crossing guard. <laughs> All right. Um, How are you supposed to be a dignified newsman? You're looking like a crossing guard. So uh, two things, then these calls, then we'll break. One, Tim, I had somebody come by my office this morning, and we were talking about something or other, and I mentioned that you went to see uh, Clinton Kelly. Yes. Who was the host of What Not to Wear. Mm -hmm. So this person wanted to know, Tim, what, in fact, did you wear to meet Clinton Kelly, host of What Not to Wear? Because this person, who I will not identify, mm -hmm. wanted it to be known that they were, unfortunately, they found out about the Clinton-Kelly meeting sort of at the last moment. So did I. This person was wearing a T-shirt and baggy cargo shorts and, and like, flip-flops that went with nothing. <laughs> I'll let it be known now that I specifically wore my Viso hoodie. Excellent. For Clinton-Kelly. Good for you. Wore you wore a hoodie? We, the Viso? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you. No, I've seen you in a hoodie once, I think. Yeah, I mean, when we first got them. He mm -hmm. might have appreciated that. It has a certain rakish charm to it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, also, and Sarah alluded to this here at the top of the show. Then we'll do these calls. Then we'll break. Tomorrow, Roger Klein of Roger Klein and the Peacemakers in studio. Performing. Performing in studio. In studio. And How I are we going to put them in here? Um, well, I think it's just him and his guitar player. But we have oh. talked to Roger Klein twice on the show before, both via phone. But Because he's always playing on Saturday is the problem. Uh, tomorrow night, though. Uh, he is playing tomorrow night at Burbati's Pan. Opening up for him, by the way, is Mike D and the Loyal Bastards, who are great. Uh, Mike D, formerly of I Can Lick Any Yes, will be in the house. So, uh, tomorrow night, Roger Klein at Burbati's, but he's going to be in studio with us tomorrow, so I'm very excited about that. That's quite wonderful. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. It's Thursday. Speak now. Good morning, guys. It's Mailman Brian. What's up? Hey there. Uh, a couple of things. I was listening yesterday, and I was working for the, for the man, so I couldn't call in, but... Uh, uh, you were mentioning Tanya Harding's birthday yesterday. Yes, we were. Uh, I am one who shares her birthday also. 
And Do you want a cookie? Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Right. And did you say that your friend had her birthday yesterday, too? She did indeed. Actually, I had two friends that had their birthday. Oh, wait a minute. So not just, so it's, uh, so it's not just your birthday, uh, sir. It is also Tanya Harding's and Heather's birthday. A many splendor day it is. And two other people, Neil Young and one of your favorite criminals who is still in prison. Rick, do you know whose birthday it was yesterday? Uh, still in prison. Richard Speck. No, he's dead. No, crazy uh, man. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. There you go. Chuck Are Manson. you kidding me? I missed Charles Manson's birthday. You did, and I'm sorry I couldn't call in and remind you. I was going to send him a potholder. Ah, uh, well, there we go. And, uh, you know, maybe Richie could wear that vest, uh, could model that safety vest. That might be good. Look. <laughs> well, get right on it. Thank and, you. And one other thing. Uh-huh. Uh... Do you think Mitch uh, Mitch Mitchell ever did a, an album called Drum Along with Mitch, uh, a.k.a. Sing Along with Mitch? No, but I did notice that yesterday Tim identified uh, his show here on uh, Friday's being the last stop on the tour. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. This is Lisa. Hey. Hey. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tim. Hi. Hello. I wanted to, to let you know I was lucky enough to win tickets for tonight, mm -hmm. um, but I can't use them. How did you uh, win the tickets? I won them, I got an email saying I, I was a lucky person. All right, then. So you were not able to go, regrettably. Right. So I thought maybe you might want to offer them to someone else. Here's what I'll do. I'll put you on hold. Richie, will get your information. We'll see if we can uh, coordinate that because I'm getting emails okay. about it all morning. All right. You're a good person. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Lisa Desjardins, uh, later on, senior radio correspondent James Roop, Dorothy Cassisari about the... Freaky-looking guy Cindy McCain was making out with. Uh, Mr. Skin, today's top five. Top five drum intros and the Mr. T infomercial all on the way. Go nowhere. Tim is out there broadcasting, you know, he's, he's doing man-on-the-street interviews, which I, I think would necessitate the wearing of this vest. Yes, because he is in harm's way that way. The ANSI 107-2004 Performance Class 3 clothing. On a, the, now, here's the thing. According to the CBS memorandum, all talent reporters, interns, or production employees must wear this when they are in harm's way. An example of harm's way would be conducting interviews on any road, including city streets where no barrier or guardrail is located. So there you go. So as Sarah was pointing out, anybody who really was interested in stalking Tim <laughs> is now going to have like a huge orange, like reflecty thing. So if he doesn't need man on the street stuff, he has to buy his... Um... Safety vest. No, but it is. But you know what? We are able to achieve economy of scale, Sarah. So I think it's a offer to him at some kind of a discount. Well, you know, it's a solid knit front with a mesh back. Also, has a zipper front closure and two-inch vertical and horizontal silver reflective stripes. It has pockets, uh, one for a split pad and pencil, a radio pocket, and their lower flaps. I don't want to hear about your lower flaps. Yes. <laughs> Ah, okay. I kill me. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up later on the day. We'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, uh, Dorothy Costasari from the National Enquirer. And I think I slipped and said earlier that it was a guy from the campaign. But it, uh, I think what I meant to say is now that the campaign is over. And by the way, I want to go on record as saying uh, we were way out front of this. Because even before everything had been decided, it, when it looked like it was going south for McCain, I admit I said it wasn't even going to be a month before she dumped his ass. And so I, I, I'm not saying that has happened. But uh, she does. Cindy McCain does appear to be uh, up close and personal with a a uh, 
a hirsute gentleman uh, in this photograph. Evil. She really does. Uh, let's see, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, top five drum intros and uh, your phone calls. This, however, from the hill. Singing a radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, well, hello, how are you? I am fantastic. I, I I couldn't be better. We're actually declaring uh, just six minutes ago. You guys will be the first radio station in the country to hear this. We're declaring um, a winner in Alaska's congressional race. I'm sure you're very excited. Now, can I tell everybody the email you sent me last oh, night? Oh, yes, yes. And by the way, I don't mean to ask you this question on the air. Maybe it'll put you in a delicate or awkward position. Oh, boy. Now, let me just let me just say, so I got this email from um, from Lisa last night at... I don't know when you sent this. My time, the timestamp on my email is a little off sometimes. So when did when did this email go out? It was somewhere between seven and nine o'clock, I, I think, somewhere in there. So right, yeah. So so yeah. So you're so four p.m. to like you know seven p.m. your time. So yeah. So yesterday afternoon, I get this email from Lisa, and the subject line is right now, and I look at it, and it says, and this is basically just a recapping of where you were right then in the Alaska Senate race. Um, and it was how do you pronounce this guy's name? Begich. Begich. Yeah, Mark Begich. Mark Begich. And when you sent me this email yesterday, this Alaska Senate race stood at Mark Begich, 47.24%, Ted Stevens, 47.24%, in other words, tied. But then in terms of votes, yeah. it was 125,019 to 125,016. So literally three <laughs> votes. And then, you, and then you say here at the bottom, they're still counting absentee ballots, so the next update will likely not be so tight. But in a race this close, even for an hour, this is beautiful to me. I just had to tell you. Yes. And yes. so I was all I was all like flattered and happy that you'd taken the time to send me the email, and I thought, well, that that Lisa, what a what a what a delightful woman she is, what a charmer, how uh, how lucky I am to know someone like Lisa who would take the time to compose this email just for a little old me, Rick Emerson. Oh. Then no no no, then it gets better. Then I then I look at the top, and I see that okay, well first of all, it's not just to me. It is actually to any number of people, including Richard Uliano. Which there is the first were, there were maybe five people I sent that to. No, no, no. No, it gets better, though. So not only am I one of a crowd that you sent the email to, unless I'm missing something here when I'm looking at the heading, I was, in fact, the BCC recipient. <laughs> yes, you were blind copied. That's true. So, That's true. So in other words, uh, not only am I just uh, <laughs> one of a whole crowd of people that got the email, it actually, uh, I'm actually a cause of some embarrassment because it, it, it was necessitated to oh, put me boy. in the in the BCC field. This is a bigger conversation. This is see, I okay. This is yeah. Well, there really were. First of all, only what do you think it says to me as a human being <laughs> that I was put in the BCC field of your email? <laughs> well, you don't know who else was on that. Sarah, no. let me ask you this question right now. If you were, uh, if you received an email that you had first found to be delightful and charming and funny and very, you know, sort of endearing. Then you noticed that it wasn't just to you, it was to lots of people. And mm -hmm. then you noticed that actually it was sent to a lot of people in the, you know, the two fields. And then you were BCC'd. What does that say to you, Sarah? How would you feel about yourself as a person? I, I like being BCC'd because that means that, that you're special enough for her to think yeah, about. Yeah, you're kind of on the down. Exactly. Like, cool. Oh, I see. So, it's, so in other words, you're saying that there is a sort of a, 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 there's sort of a, 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 a sheen of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That there's sort of a... Um, I don't know. I, uh, what, what is the I word I'm looking for? I don't know. An exclusivity like a, to it? I think so. Right. 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 Because like, well, all those other people can see themselves on the mailing list, but to you it's special because nobody else can see nobody that there's knew. a special message. All right. Oh, so. Listening right now. No, okay, this, 
This is the deal. First of all, first of all, a lot of people was Dick Giuliano, my fellow DC correspondent, mm -hmm. and then also Dana Bash, John King, and Jessica Yellen. So like our top CNN's top political correspondents were the people that I emailed and you. So I, I feel like you should be psyched. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like no, no, John, no. King, I, John King got that same email in a very small group of people that you got. No, no, no. I don't. I don't wish to sound ungrateful. I was very happy to have read it. It did put a smile on my face when I read it. Briefly. Um, <laughs> Yes, for one mere moment. One mere moment. So for I, one tiny shining sliver of time, I was grateful. I, have to, I feel like I have to explain the BCC <laughs> thing. I mean, I, this is the predicament I'm in. I mean, and you know, we haven't even really talked about this on air, but you know, going back a couple of weeks, there was like a point where, you know, because you know, I'm not always on the update when you guys see it, but sometimes I'm working. Right. And it was getting very awkward, and like you and I would talk, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll go live, sure thing." And then Tyler would be trying to make sure that I I didn't drive myself crazy, and he would actually not be wanting me to go live during certain hours when I would be like, "No, I'd love to do it." You know, but he's like, "Listen, you're you're overdoing it. You're gonna you know wipe yourself out." And so then it got very strange, and you know, it got to I felt like there was this situation where. You know, I was like giving you guys like special favor over all the rest of our affiliates, and so I didn't want it to look that way, and that's why I, I blind CC. Well, let's well let's be very clear about this. It is in fact that way. We are uh, we are in <laughs> fact uh, better and more important than the other affiliates. Let's have no illusions as, about as that. As now now I have no pretense because I did in fact blind CC you and no other affiliates. All right, we'll see. Right. There you go. Well, thank you. See now now that you put it in that context, I am no longer feeling uh, slightly off put by it. Now I am in fact honored. See, that's, that's what it was. And now I'm worried that Tyler is, in fact, listening to this newscast. So he was in a meeting, so maybe we'll right. be okay. Well, if, uh, if he is, let me just say... Uh, he's good about it. I mean, everything I said is the fact. You know, he's he's doing, he's doing doing looking out for me is the thing. And, but I just didn't want it to be more awkward. Tyler, if, if you are, in fact, listening, I'll just say, uh, hey, how's it going? All right. All right. Uh, he's, he's, best, he's great, yes. But I just, yeah. Anyway, so, and, by, and typical, typical for me, trying to make things less awkward, I have actually made them more awkward. You know what? It is a, it's a special magic you possess. I think it is. It's, you know what it is? You'd be like one of the mystery men. You know, where like William, William H. Macy can shovel, and you're like, you, you are like the awkwarder. That's actually that would be kind of a that's a decent superpower. So like you know so rather than uh, so rather than sort of <laughs> swooping down and arresting criminals with sheer force, you fill them with self doubt and unease. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, well let's uh, well, let's talk yes. about uh, some Simmons of. The... is now losing by more than 800 votes. It's still very close, but not as close as the three votes when I emailed you. See, last but that bums me out. I really want that guy to win only because he's so clearly bent and crooked. Uh, so I was kind of pulling for him in sort of a Mary and Barry kind of way, you know? And then there'd be the whole, there'd be the Senate would have to kick him out, and it would be all messy. It'd be hilarious. Hey, yeah. let me ask you this. Not that it, it's likely to be a moot point now, but there was you know, this issue of, well, if he, if he won, then, you know, were they going to take the you know, great pains to get rid of him? And if so, could Sarah Palin have then just appointed herself senator? Yes, but she actually, oh, wow. in an interview, isn't that great? It's oh. phenomenal. I mean, what, geez, you got to pull for this guy just for that. And, uh, but... Sarah Palin sat down with Wolf Blitzer uh, yesterday. I don't mm -hmm. remember. Sometime in the last couple of days, he asked her about that, and she she said, "Well, I guess if I was incredibly arrogant, I would appoint myself." God but, forbid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in the unlikely event that uh, she seemed right. to have some overweening sense of self. However, she um, left open. She she said that, so she's not going to appoint herself. But the way it works is uh, somebody would fill that seat if he, if he got kicked out of the Senate. Someone would fill it, but only for two months, and there would be a special election. So she could run in the special election, and she left that open. 
I'm okay. telling you, man, it's just this is like a whole Senator Palpatine uh, thing in Star Wars. I just you're going to flash forward about 30 years and she's going to be all like hooded up in like a cloak and she's going to oh, be zapping, zapping some guy with electricity. You know, ultimate power. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, uh, let's talk. Uh, It'll be her and Al Gore, the two of them. Speaking of speaking of frightening, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dick Cheney for a moment. So the so uh, the Obama family went through. They did the walk through the White House. Still coming uh, up. It's still uh, they're doing. It's an early evening, almost cocktail hour, if you will. Um, meet up. <laughs> Perhaps there's a reason for that. It's going to be in about two hours from now. This is Biden getting together with Dick Cheney. By the Bidens and the Cheneys getting together at the vice presidential residence. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, let me ask you this: Have you been ever in close proximity to, to Dick Cheney? I have to think about that. I mean, uh, it seems to me like he is a guy that, and this is just my assessment, throws off probably almost palpable waves of evil. You know, I have been in close proximity to him. He he was here at the Capitol, and I was actually staying almost right next to him. Um, and I rem and in fact, I saved this tape. What I got actually was that his breathing concerned me. That was all I remember. I in, remember very clearly that. In I, terms of his health, or in terms of like yeah, a sense of in, menace. In terms of his health. Oh, in terms of his health, no. he was very like in between each thing. But I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. He kind of. He almost seemed to have a little bit more of a waddle than I expected. Well, he's a man of size. Yeah, he's a man of size. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't get the. But, but I think. I think if you were looking for it, you probably could. I think his. Uh, I think he, that. It, that breathing, that sort of spasmodic inhalation you're hearing, yeah. I think that is just barely con barely constrained sort of fits of furious rage at his many enemies that he just has to <laughs> constantly be sort of tamping down. That would be... Well, it served him well. Look how far he got. No, that would that would be my theory. I have this sense that if you were to get... I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan. Yes. But I have this sense if you were to get anywhere near Dick Cheney, it would be like having one of the Dementors enter the room with you <laughs> where suddenly you would go cold and all sunshine would be lost. To you, and you would be in a place of terrible pain and dismal despair. Well, you know, they've sort of he, he and Joe Biden haven't uh, always gotten along either necessarily. Uh, I think Biden said, I don't know if you remember this from the debate. Biden said that Vice President Cheney has been the most dangerous yeah. vice president we've had in American history. So here, here it goes. You know, a couple hours from now, they will be getting together. Probably, the truth of it is. Uh, they'll probably be yucking it up. They'll probably it'll probably be uh, under the surface awkward, but they're both such longtime politicians that they'll just be like, "Hey, Joe, hey, well, Dick." I got two things then to say. One is, first of all, my sense is well, first, of all, I can't even imagine that you would take offense at the most dangerous vice president ever. Who would possibly be offended <laughs> at having themselves characterized that? It's one thing if you said like you're a bumbling, you know, boob or something. You also remember that we've had a murderer, Aaron Burr, as one of our vice presidents. Adlai Stevenson killed somebody. <laughs> it's true. Um, Adelaide, still more dangerous. But uh, you know, but did we tell you are the most dangerous? What if I called Lisa Desjardins the most dangerous journalist we've ever Ooh, had? I would actually like that. That's what I'm saying. So Dick Cheney must have. I bet Dick Cheney was sitting at home watching that debate, and when Joe Biden said, "And we've got Dick Cheney." Who's the most dangerous vice president we've ever had? I bet Dick Cheney at that moment kind of nodded sagely to himself and said, "That's right, that's right," and then hoisted just like a little brandy to his lips. Also, I had this discussion with Tim Riley when the Obama, when, or rather when Barack Obama was going to have that sort of one-on-one, -on -one, the face-to-face -face with George W. Bush. And we talk about, well, is there going to be this weirdness or tension? You know, because he was sort of slagging him off for the past couple of years. If you remember uh, season, I think, uh, uh, four of The Wire, where Tommy Carcetti, uh, you know, was elected mayor and unseated uh, Royce, who was the previous mayor. And there was that great scene where 
Carcetti and his chief of staff were coming in to meet with the outgoing mayor, Royce, and right. the chief of staff. The guy he just defeated. And you know what? And and they were laughing. They were drinking together. And it was really a whole lot of, uh, you know, it, it, they recognized that they were both in the same game. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And look, here you are inheriting this broken, messed up city. Have fun with that. You ran a good campaign. Let's let's drink a few. GD, son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And I and I and I suspect that that was the deal with. First of all, you got to know George W. Bush is just man. He's got to be checking his watch every day. Like, when do I get to leave this place? <laughs> I mean, it hey, has Jeff to be. Stewart have that, you know, kind of a hey Thanksgiving at the White House with the Obamas. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just it, we're ready to go. I think George W. Bush has got to realize he is just at the tail end of just the worst job you could ever have. I mean, at this point. So, um, let's see. And real quickly, and, I know we're kind of over. He has great memories. Sure. Um, <laughs> Um, well, for the sake of decorum, we'll all pretend that it's true. <laughs> Let's not count. Th- Do you remember when the bar used to be set really, really uh, low in terms of what George W. Bush could do? Remember when he almost died choking on a pretzel? I think we've all forgotten about that. I, I mean, completely forgotten about that's that. That's what I'm saying because it's a, that sounds seems so just <laughs> inconsequential now. But I remember at the time it was like, are you kidding me? How how could you possibly almost choke to death? What kind of man is he? <laughs> um, as, as we get ready to to wrap this up, where are we with? It was like the fourth day in a row we're talking about. So where are we with these automakers who are lining up with their uh, pockets empty and their hands out? Here's the deal. Congress is going to come back next week. We don't have the details on that yet, uh, but the Democrats will try to push through a bill that would spend about $25 billion for automakers and give them loans right away. Again, we don't know the details. A lot of Democrats are saying that money should be earmarked for um, essentially bringing in new equipment that would build more green, fuel-efficient cars, that kind of thing, which Detroit says it's doing. They just need more money to do uh-huh, it. Of course. Uh, but so anyway, so $25 billion next week. They want that to be part of uh, that big bailout bill, $700 billion. They want it to come from that money that they've already authorized. But the deal is uh, the Treasury Department doesn't like it. The Treasury Department says we don't want to do it. And even if Congress passes this bill saying you have to do this, this is what we want, um, of course, the president can veto it, and it seems likely that he would at this point. Is, not, it's not clear. Is there any possibility of attaching this proviso that, look, we will give you the money, but you got to broom out everybody at the top of these companies who made such a mess of it? You know, it, it's possible. I think it's more likely, though, that they will just put some kind of strict limits on executive compensation. That, that's the direction they're going in instead. Uh, How much right. you can pay those guys, not telling them who they can keep or, or not keep. And, and and one final question here. is there? We discussed the other day this notion that there is no available list of the companies and corporations getting this bailout money. Is that is that actually the case? No, there is a list. Actually, you know, this, I was geeking out uh, two nights ago and just reading through all the documents on the Treasury uh, website. Right. And they actually do have a list there. Right now, it's only nine institutions uh, that have gotten, and they've gotten, it's the biggies, the big nine in the country. Uh, but they are required by law to post um, what money they give out and uh, in, I guess, every time they hit a $50 billion, no, I'm sorry, 50, must be $50 billion, yeah, $50 billion mark, they've got to post how they've spent their money, and they haven't hit the next one yet. So they only have posted those first nine, which are, you know, just your, all of the big banks, you know, Citigroup, right. you know, the nine biggest banks in the country. Okay. Well, on... And it's on the Treasury side. If people want to look around, I think you've got to hit the emergency economic button on the right, and then you'll find it. You, I like how you're sort of bluffing, like you don't know. Like you didn't stay up till 3 in the morning reading the <laughs> details of the Treasury 
history, uh, you know, of, of this plant. Like you do, like you weren't there with endless cups of caffeinated beverages, reading every single line of this, which is fantastic, by the it, way. Yeah, this one, I've I've got to read. I'm going to be doing a lot of this. This sucker is. Uh, there's a lot to read on this sucker. It's like I was talking to uh, Sarah. Has a friend of hers who's a history professor, and uh, and and is working on her PhD in American political something or other. Anyway, we were I don't know we were we were hanging out at some event or whatever, and I was you know we were making small talk. So what did you do last night? Just, well, I was up till three in the morning reading this treatise on uh, you know the, the Andrew Jackson's first campaign for right, you know right. just for uh-huh. just sitting there with a you know sitting there with an apple teeny reading about Andrew Jackson. So it is wonderful. Awesome. All right, on that note, are you on tomorrow? Um, I am not on tomorrow. I have tomorrow off. All right. Well, then, until we speak again, may the good news be yours. And yours. All right. Thank you, Lisa. There you go. Lisa Desjardins. Wonderful. Excellent. Okay. It's, uh, let's get this uh, Dick Cheney call, then we'll take a break. Come back with Tim Riley. Hello there. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. When, hey. You, uh, when you said that about uh, you know, Dick Cheney not being offended by uh, you know, being labeled the most dangerous vice president we've ever had. Right. Don't you just see Dick Cheney wearing that on a shirt? Like, you know, when you see people wearing the world's coolest grandpa shirts or something like that, oh, don't you like, just see him wearing, like, a cheaply printed T-shirt, probably over, like, a sweatshirt? From the, um, from that from one of those kiosks at Lloyd Center? Yeah, just saying, you know, world's most dangerous vice president. <laughs> that is Dude, i got to tell you, I'd absolutely, if it was somebody said that about me, I would put that on a T-shirt and I'd never take it off. If, yeah. I'd open my own cafe press store to sell that on everything. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. image. All right. Thank you, sir. Wait, wait. One one quick thing. Yes. What's brown and sounds like a bell? Boobs. Thanks. Take a, take a break. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, when we return, hello, Tim Riley. Hello. You have news for us? Plenty of it. It's very exciting. We return after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Pay your money, you expect a good or service in return, Sarah. Here's what just happened in the kitchen. So I went into the, uh, I went into our break room, and we have the two vending machines. We have the one that is uh, sort of snacks and comestibles, and then right next to it is the one that's just beverages. And of course, it's, first there was one row of viso, then there was two rows of viso, then there was five rows of viso, but different flavors, different varieties. Now it's five, this is just for us. Now it's five rows of viso, all of them caffeinated. So it was usually vigor or the will. So, and I've learned, like, after yesterday's program, there was that awkwardness where I had to have Richie come in at 1 o'clock and then go buy me a viso and then, you know, busy doing the show and all. So I went to sort of take care of that in advance. So I go into the kitchen just now, which is ridiculous because there's five cases of viso in my office, by the way. So I just... I thought you buy it every day. Because I, I keep forgetting to put them in the fridge. Because, uh, you, you know, because you can really only put one or two in the fridge at a time because we work in a den of thieves. So... Anyway, I go into the kitchen just now, put in my uh, money, hit the button for the Viso, and it does that thing. It didn't even—it wasn't even like dangling there. Sometimes you put the vending machine, something is hanging on the edge, and it—you know—it's about to fall. The, the Viso it moves about half an inch, and then it just stops. And what, and what do you always say to me? Go, oh, come on! Which is even before Joe Bluth, I said it, but now I say it exactly with that Will Arnett inflection. 
And so Richie and Big Jim from KUFO both happen to be standing there. And, you know, they're both, uh, I would say, kind of stout men. Oh, Big Jim could shake anything out of anything. Dude, I have gone in there so many times. I, he is the go-to guy. And uh -huh. I think, don't you suspect that every building has the go-to guy for getting something out of the vending machine that you are owed? Mm -hmm. I think every building probably has a Big Jim. I have gone into that break room so many times, and he is full-on, like, Donkey Konging his way onto, like, some... Like, it'll be like in that like that Rampage video game, where he is... Like, his feet sort of stuck into the slot down below, his hands above, and he's sort of doing this Jungian kind of... Car, uh, this uh, Jungian kind of primal... Uh, the, the scream, and like a... Rah! As he's shaking the machine. So, he and Richard are trying to get it out. And they finally did. I don't know what they did, but the, the bottle's like all dented up and like all abused. So I don't know what mechanism they finally uh, employed to get that thing out of the machine, but apparently it worked. Real quickly, that does remind me, and it, I hate to be this guy talking, but I saw this great thing on the Internet. But I saw the most fantastic video about a week ago, and I forgot about it until just now. It's one of those videos that is clearly uh, amateur. You know, it, it is like the real deal. It wasn't, a, wasn't it a setup. And it's on kind of the shaky, bad sort of, you know, like handy cam thing. And it's got the time stamp in the corner or whatever. And it's in what looks to be a high school cafeteria. It's this vending machine of a high school cafeteria. And what is clearly, <clears throat> what's clearly happened is the kid has put in some money and then it like didn't give up his candy bar. And so the kid's like banging on the machine and he's trying to get it up. And his... His friend is filming the whole thing. The friend's going, and you hear the friend off camera, as friends always do. Dude, shake it harder. No, shake it harder, dude. And so the guy shakes it harder, dude. Nothing happens. What does the friend off camera say? I don't know, man. Uh, get a running start at it, man. And so the kid backs up. I would say probably 25 feet. Gets a running, and it's sort of a delayed gratification video. Gets a running start at the machine. Jumps. And it's a it's a vending machine where it's with a full glass front. The kid runs, jumps, hits his shoulder against the vending machine, and then he just bounces off and falls on his ass. The glass doesn't even bend. What does the friend say? Try it again. Go farther. So the, the guy backs all the way up to the other side of the cafeteria. He runs at the vending machine. Whole time his friend is filming it, of course, as friends are always there to do. Kid runs full speed at the vending machine. As he gets to within, I would say, five or six feet of the vending machine, he leaps up in the air, so he's trying to sort of karate kid his way into the machine. He runs, leaps, jumps, flies at the vending machine through the air, hits it. The entire front of it just shatters, and the kid goes into the vending machine. Right, The glass doesn't resist for even a moment. The kid just kind of goes right through the front of the freaking vending machine into it and then realizes that he is inside the vending machine about to fall out. So his hands grab some of the snacks as like handholds. That doesn't work. And so then he immediately falls out of the vending machine onto his ass, unconscious, covered in snacks and broken glass. It's just the best thing you, you've ever seen. And you can tell it's real because immediately the camera just drops to the ground as the friends are going like, oh, ass, you know, and like running at the kid. It is so golden and glorious to watch. Ugh. I love this world. Ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, I'm certainly glad I'm not out covering this flooding on the coast because I will have to wear 
the ANSI 107-2004 Performance Class 3 clothing when at harm's way. While conducting interviews on any road, including city streets, where no barrier or guardrail is located, or on sidewalks that are not protected by a standard curb. Tim, CBS Engineering is here to help you. If I have any questions, we can call this number. Oh, there are questions. <laughs> there are plenty of questions. Do I get to pick the color? No. No, There's the, the only color that comes in is gaudy. How is it supposed to fit over my top coat? I... No, it comes in 15 colors, Tim. I, I have no idea. Would they, ask, would they ask Edward R. Murrow to wear one on the roof of the BBC while it was being bombed? No. No, I don't. No, would I don't. Katie Couric be wearing one at the anchor desk? I don't, uh... I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe they would, sir. Are they going to give you the $13.10 to buy said vest? Well, you, apparently there is economy of scale pricing. Doesn't it say that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we've already got people who are, uh, who are emailing to ask if there's going to be a, some sort of a photo gallery, Tim, of you wearing this new vest. This is amazing. I'm looking at pictures of the vest and they actually trademarked ultra cool. Really? <laughs> ultra cool. Ultra cool. TM. 100% polyester mesh fabric. Well, who can argue with that assessment? That's the one for me. <laughs> so you should put a. And that uh, one's a whopping eighteen dollars and eighty cents. Uh, can you? One of you should put a picture of it on your blog. Uh, either you know, Sarah, either your blog or, or Tim, you should put a picture of this up. So uh, I'm gonna put. I'll put one yeah. up tonight. I want people to be. I want people to see sort of the, the glorious apparel uh, that CBS is actually going to be requiring <laughs> you to wear. This email says. Tim Riley is my god or my crossing guard. One of the two, depending <laughs> on if he's wearing that vest or not. And did you know that it's not just news people? It is, in fact, any talent, any intern, anybody from any production department. Wait, so this is CBS Radio as a whole, or CBS the company? It is, well, I don't know if because it's... Because the news reporter's going to have to do this? I think it is CBS Broadcasting, period. I think all CBS Broadcast employees... What is the name of the vest, Tim? What is the actual official it name? It is the ANSI 107. ANSI! 2004. Performance Class 3 clothing. All right. Well, there you go. Well, as long as you remain ultra cool, Tim, that's, uh, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the biggest concern for me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. So I just don't believe this. Well, anyway, I'll shop for some later. CBS never met the paperwork or requirements they didn't like. It's pretty amazing, really. You have no idea. So the threat of landslides loom as storms subside. The National Weather Service has highlighted the potential for landslides. As part of the flooding of the north coast of northwest Oregon and the lower Columbia Basin, the north Oregon coast and north Oregon Cascades, so all the beach communities here are affected. A mudslide had already closed Oregon 6 on the Wilson River at milepost 15. On uh, Highway 101 near Seaside, that is closed through the high water, and several people, including two babies, were rescued from two vehicles when a bridge washed away near Tillamook. Can you imagine that? Uh, some Portland area high water uh, reports have been uh, scaled back. Let's see here. So if you're over on the coast, this happens around every Thanksgiving. It does. So if you're living on the coast, that is the occupational hazard so, of being there. You know, and so I hate to be this guy talking about the weather, but how about that rain yesterday? That was insane. Now, that was good rain. <laughs> was that an intentional or unintentional rhyme we just did? I don't Probably unintentional. Because we went rain, and then Sarah said insane, and then you said rain again. So it was almost like a little, it was like a, like a rhyming haiku almost. So uh, I actually, I had to stop by work late last night to take care of something. So I was here at like 11 o'clock or so. And then I go back home and I go, you know, I go straight at Powell. And, you know, I don't, and I drive it, you know, my car is, you know, I, I wasn't driving the truck. I was in the car, which is low to the ground. And I went through a bunch of those puddles where I, it's that thing where it, it is the paradox where it is unsafe to drive at a certain speed. You know, in the rain, because you get that the so-called hydroplaning effect. And the leaves are all wet. 
Which oh, makes it like a skating rink. No, exactly. So it's like having black ice or something, except it's sort of like brown ice or what, you know, it's just leaves that have been, and as the leaves have been driven over 10,000 times by all the cars in rush hour traffic, the leaves have become sort of inextricably mashed into the surface of the pavement, which means that they're not going to get out of your way, which means the leaves have become basically just a slippery second surface on the pavement. Then it rains, and you sometimes can't see the leaves because they're in a puddle. So you got the two things happening, though. On the one hand, you don't want to drive uh, at any sort of high rate of speed because you figure that's just, you know, so like a one-way ticket into a dividing wall somehow. But on the other hand, there were several points, including I don't know at what street this would be, but it's that, um, like, if you are heading east on Powell, and you go past, uh, what is that place, the Twilight, Sarah? On Powell, what, on, like, 18th? Yeah, but then there's that overpass, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. So there's that overpass right by the Twilight, and, and of course, it's at the bottom of two hills. It basically is, it's, it's a V-shaped section of road right there. And I swear to God, there was a lake. I mean, it wasn't even a puddle. There was a lake of water there. I think if I had if I gone outside to look, if I I think it was probably coming up to my doors. It was insane, and so you don't want to speed through it. But then you realize you have no choice but to speed through it because you're afraid it's going to kill your car somehow. If you're going through, then it kind of gets up in the engine somehow. So what is everybody doing? Everybody is approaching this lake, and they are just mashing the accelerator to the floor, and going through it as fast as they possibly can. And what does that do? It throws up like the big, uh, it throws up the big like Charlton Heston, like uh, Noah parting the Red Sea walls of water, which then cascade onto the car behind you. So it is like one massive daisy chain of water-induced auto wreckage just waiting to happen. It was pretty much the best thing ever. Here's Tim Riley. So, uh, cruising closed down Highway 101 between its juncture with Highway 26 and Seaside due to standing water. A pilot car was uh, guiding high-clearance vehicles through, but everybody else was rerouted to Oregon 202. So we already covered that. So nothing big here. They fear some landslides, and that's about it. So getting back to uh, things locally, police have seized 143 pounds of ecstasy. This is the largest ecstasy seizure ever. They found uh, 143 pounds during a traffic stop on I-5. A trooper pulls over a 96 T-Bird with Washington plates for a traffic violation. And inside, they find Pedro Moya Gonzalez from California. An investigation by Washington County uh, Sheriff's Office. They discovered 250,000 tablets of ecstasy under another name, MDMA, concealed in the car worth about $2 million, And they used a police dog to find it. L.A. Weight Loss is closing all its Portland franchises. I guess it doesn't work for the local ladies. I was going to say, no, it's because everybody here is so slender, Tim. I know, it's true. They've done their job. There's nobody left that needs a service. I do believe they are a uh, proud and uh, valued advertiser here on CBS. Well, I hope they continue. Well, you see, the advertising works now, doesn't it? Uh, So uh, the alternative program is called L.A. On The Go. It'll continue when going somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> LA LA on the go to another city. Listen to this. They're gonna have counseling over the phone. Really? For active clients. That is ridiculous. awesome. That's a terrific That is an solution. amazing idea. <laughs> but really what is, is an active client? If you were active, would you need the service? If you already paid your money. Oh, okay. Clients who choose not to participate might be able to get a refund. Might. LA uh, Weight Loss says it is uh, contacting all its clients now. The franchise says it can no longer continue uh, full operation due to the weak economy. Mm-hmm. The Oregon Museum of Science and Industry is holding a teen-only night this Saturday. It'll take weeks to clean up afterwards. A free event is for teens age 13 to 18. 
They offer fun activities like a brain teaser battle of the sexes, a science cafe discussion, a live DJ spinning music. Really? And Segway rides. Do uh, our kids really into that? First of all, did I say it was Noah that parted the Red Sea just now? I don't think I you don't mentioned think so. Noah parting the Red Moses. Sea. I don't know. Well, it was Moses. Anyway, Noah, Moses, whatever. Um, so let's get back to this Omsi thing. So it is Teen Night? Teen Night. Is it like a sock hop? It is. And it's, what 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 are they calling a teenager? In other words, is this 17-year-old? 13 to 18. No 19-year-olds. Really? Mm-hmm. 13 to 18-year-olds. Are they really honestly, look, I, we love Omsi and all, are they really honestly expecting that 13-year-olds and 18-year-olds are going to cohabitate with ease yes. inside Omsi while locked in there with, quote, a live DJ spinning music? Did mm-hmm. you say there are segue rights? Yes, there are. We ought to demand some of those. You know, all the stuff we've done for Omsi, we should demand Segway rides. What about you guys? Did you guys? Tim, you probably didn't have this because you grew up, you grew up in a stodgier community. I would think more than likely. I would say your community was a little uh, a little traditional. Yeah. In fact, uh, we were um, you did your top five yesterday. It was the uh, the top five songs that would accompany the opening credits to the movie of your life? Uh huh. And it was actually such a big hit in this building. Twice yesterday, I went by other cubicles later in the day, and people were listening back to it because they found it fantastic. So Court and Fatboy and Paddock and Lisa Wood were listening to your top five, and Court uh, made the observation that he pictured you as sort of like Max Fisher from Rushmore, and I said that you had, in fact, gone to a prep school, mm-hmm. and that you did, in fact, wear a blazer with a crest on it. Yes. So you came from, I would say, uh, a somewhat uh, a somewhat upper crust slice of the uh, American culture. So you probably didn't have anything like this. Sarah might have, though. Did your church growing up ever have these kind of, like, lock-in things they would do? Where it's like they yes. would take, like, a rec center or some crap, and they would get a bunch of... Uh, like at the high school gymnasium or something, and they'd... Right, and they get a bunch of idiot, uh, miscreant teenagers, and they'd lock you in there from, like, midnight Friday to midnight Saturday or something, and under the, presumably because you were going to have fun without any sort of drugs or sex around, which was never the case, by you're the way. You're just trapped in there. Serena, but you're just trapped in there with a bunch of, uh, you know, other horny teenagers and some guy who deals weed to the football oh, team. Oh, no, we had church lock-ins, too. I remember those. Well, that's what this was, though. This was, this was like the church did this. I mean, the church group would get together, and we would have the youth group would, like, rent out some sort of, you know, like a recreation hall or a gym or something. And, yeah, we would be there for, like, an entire 24-hour period. And the theory was that they were going to be locking you in, and then that you would not be able to go out and get into uh, mischief on the streets. But, of course, they were just locking you in there with the kids who, in fact, caused the mischief out of the streets. I mean, you were really you were really in there. It was like uh, it was like having all the guys from the hole in with Gen Pop on Oz. So you were just there with some guy that was like a speed dealer and 15 girls who would put out for anybody. So it really it never had the intended effect. So it's interesting to see that they're still doing that now. Well, some like teenagers, you know, some couple goes and humps it out under the bleachers. That's exactly what I'm talking about. There was this girl, I won't give her name, uh, but there was a, uh, there was a, uh, the girl who was kind of the, kind of the church pump for everybody, who, I mean, and she was, I mean, she was always involved, you know, and, and you would see this sort of, you would see this sort of different wave of enthusiasm go through the crowd when they would say, and we're going to be doing the church lock-in this weekend, and everybody would kind of go, ah, oh, God damn it. And, and, and we're Cindy's going gonna to be there. Exactly. <laughs> it, we'll call her Jolene. Jolene. Not her real name. And they would say, and, uh, you know, coordinating that is going to be uh, Chris. You all know Chris. Now, Chris went to Godstock two years ago, and he had a lot of fun. Also, uh, Rusty's going to be part of that. 
uh, providing some of the refreshments. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, Timmy and Tommy, the Johnson twins, and then uh, and then Jolene's gonna be there. And you would see all the guys in the audience. Jolene, all right. And suddenly it became the must the must attend event of the year because uh, you know Jolene would just be uh, you know just be taking all comers there behind the uh, behind the bleachers. So all right, here's Tim Riley. Good times. I don't think that happened in my school. No, probably not. And if and if it did, it was while everybody was still wearing the blazer. The blazer never came off. No. Well, nobody wants to hear about this, so I'll put it. The story after next is something you might not want to hear. First, this story. A Portland man who interrupted a burglary at his home was punched in the face by the man responsible. Lynn Du said he returned home to Northeast 156th Avenue and Halsey around 430. When he opened the door, it was like, boom, boom, I was punched in the face. Bruised and battered with a black eye and a bleeding lip, he went to a neighbor for help. The neighbor called 911. Police arrived, the attacker took off, and left due with a mess to clean up. The burglar tore through his home and stole electronics and tax information. Uh, the neighborhood is safe, but somehow after today, he didn't feel safe at all. What is his name? Du. Mm-hmm. The home uh, invasion scared him so much, he's considering moving his family to a new area. Might he be moving next door to you, Tim Riley? Well, as a matter of fact, there are a couple of places that might be for sale next You week. know where he could move, Tim? He could move to St. John's. That I know that's a lovely place. place to live. That I is. am to understand that if one were looking for a home now, mm-hmm. if one were looking to get in on what might be the ground floor... A big floor, up-and-coming area. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be the next to be gentrified. Uh, so, uh, you know, soon frozen yogurt shops and overpriced dog emporiums will line the streets of that fair community. Mm-hmm. But if somebody were to, uh, if somebody were to buy a home in St. John's now... Is it a safe bet to say that, that that home's value might appreciate substantially, Tim? Yes, because now is a buyer's market. If I wanted to do that, I'm just saying for me now, me, Rick Emerson, private citizen, if I wanted to buy a home in St. John's, I might uh, I might find the realtor closest to me. Yes, all you have to do is look across, well, very close. See, I was trying to be all circumspect. <laughs> closest to me. Just look across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, I will tell you this. Uh, you know that uh, uh, that dinner that I had got to go to uh, this last Saturday with Lara's... Oh, with her and her... Her charming friend, friend uh, with one of Lara's friends. It actually was in St. John's, which oh. I did not know. And so it's that sort of concentric layers of whatever as we, you know, you know, getting in the car, getting to go off to dinner with, the, you know, this couple. And we're driving... And then we're kind of driving, and, and then we're taking like that Highway 30 or whatever, and I'm like, sure seems like, a, seems like a bit of a drive. And then I see that next up, Lombard Street. Uh-huh. And I actually turned to her, and I said, acu- probably more accusingly than I should have, I said, does he live in St. John's? And she said, yes, he does. And I said, fine, and I just went back to driving. But I do have to tell you, all kidding aside, because I know that St. John's is the most picked on of all communities on this program. It all began when I moved there. <laughs> exactly. So many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you, and the thing is... I don't know exactly where you lived in St. John's, but I wonder if it was anywhere anywhere near where my sister lived. My sister lived in St. John's, and I got to tell you, I came to stay with my sister in about 1992 because I went to see uh, Metallica at Portland Meadows, and she's like, "I live in this great little bustling community called St. John's. Here's the directions." And bustling, of course, meant crime-ridden. I don't know if it's still the case, but it's it was a changing community, dude. It was it was it was like I fell into that movie Judgment Night with Dennis Leary. Um, well, it has a, it has its scary areas, like every place does. Yes, it does, but, but it not has now. A beautiful areas. I do have to say, actually, that as much fun as we make at St. John's, it was actually we drove through some parts that seemed uh, they seemed reasonably crime free and inviting. That's so. the, that's my favorite place to go to on the weekends is a trip to St. John's. We like to Cathedral Park and stuff, and then go see a movie at um, 
at many of their fine movie theaters. Yeah, it did. Uh, no, it was it was actually not bad. So, so Tim, I uh, uh, I no longer believe that you're peddling lies. Uh, you say things about St. John's being a place to live. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick Tim, sir. How y'all doing? What's hi, up? Thank you. Hey, I have some uh, some Biso news you might be interested in. Is I don't this, know if you already have been privy to it. Is this going to be about the new flavor? Uh, yeah. Now, sorry. see, let's go around the room here. Do we wish to know the new flavor of Viso? Sarah? I know it. Tim, do we wish to know the new flavor of Viso? No. I want to be surprised. I don't really know. We should do an Insta-Poll. Okay, well. Make a note. Hold on. Just an Insta-Poll. Um, now, don't reveal the new flavor, but you do know it, do you? Well, all right. I know the names. I don't, um, and I know a little bit about one of them. But... Well, in other words, uh, but you know the name of the new flavor. Do you know what... Um, you know, because, for example, Vigor is, or Straw Key is what I think, strawberry and lemon lime. Um, do you know the combination of flavors that has gone into making this new kind of viso? Um, I know, on one of them, I know one component. Wait a minute, one of them? Are there, are there, is there more, there are two new flavors coming out? Sarah, just yeah, for two fingers. There's there, there two new caffeinated flavors coming out. Oh, bastards. Um, so, Sarah, do you know both of the new flavors? Yes. Do you know what's in them? Do you know what they taste they're, like? They're, they're basically the same thing, but one of them's diet and one of them's regular, but they're both caffeinated. Do you know what they taste like? Yes. Really? Well, I haven't tasted but them. But, I mean, do you know the component ingredients? Yes. All right. Um, all right. Well, well, thank you very much, sir. What we're going to do is we'll do an Insta-Poll here in a bit to find out if people want to know. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, it sounds, by the way, like the greatest thing ever. Oh, see, now i got to go. Well, Lars out of town. I should do the Viso tour. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You. I'm really? Uh-huh. Let's all go. Tim? Sure, I'll go. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Somebody picks me up. So St. John's is uh, no longer to be made fun of, but that just kind of leaves me out in Gresham as the uh, you know butt of jokes, then, eh? Congratulations, mm. sir. It's like when a relative dies and leaves you something you don't want. There we go. There hey, we go. I, you, Grandma died. Here's her mortgage. Hey, um, I was calling about uh, the uh, L.A. weight loss. Yes, one of our valued advertisers, I believe. Well, you know, I question if they're going to be a valued advertiser for long since they're going out of business locally. But well, they're not uh, going out of business. They are simply moving their Portland locations elsewhere, sir. They'll give you advice on the phone. They will still be a company that can be reached in any number of ways in this thriving, information-soaked world of ours. Well, you know, it sounds like maybe I ought to just not uh, even bring this subject up. My wife is a uh, client of theirs. All right, and... let's, you know... Let, let me ask you this. When you say to yourself, in fact, when you say out loud to us, maybe I shouldn't even bring this subject up, what what might then be the next logical step? And what might be the next illogical step? And which one did you choose? Um, well, I would uh, have chosen the illogical one to uh, yes. explain why I didn't want to... Uh, why, why, do you think that, why do you think that might be un, uh, you know, ill-advised, sir, just based on the things we've had in this conversation? Well, you know... I, I... When I when I called in, I wasn't sure how tender you would be about having this discussion. I, I realize now that perhaps it was a uh, uh, an unwise choice to have made the phone call in the first place. Yes, yes, I share that assessment. Now, keep in mind, as we have many valued advertisers, all of our listeners are valued. But it is worth noting that one does uh, one one does wish to uh, uh, just, to just tread years to come. You know what? They'll be a valued advertiser, sir, as long as they keep writing checks and we keep cashing them. Mm -hmm. So, on that note. We're going to move on, but thank you. All right. I love, uh, you, know, you know, we love the listeners. You know, we do. And I don't say that to, as like to be glib or to be whatever. I mean, you know, and we always say best audience ever, and it's true. But it is, I guess, a little flattering. We've talked about this, the sort of living room aspect of the show where a lot of times, what's well, like Scarborough swearing, I think. But um, 
you know, people sort of forget uh, they're on the radio sometimes, and they'll have just such a thing, you know, that obviously they just, uh, you know, it's like they're sitting in a bar, uh, you know, next to us and just saying, hey, did I ever tell you about that time? And they kind of forget that it's a radio show, which, again, I don't take as a compliment, that it is a, a sort of casual and inviting atmosphere, almost a campfire vibe we've created here. But it is interesting to hear the thought process, like with that guy who actually said to us just now out loud, well, Rick, this is something I probably shouldn't discuss, but let me say that you know that one thought didn't immediately cancel the other one out is sort of intriguing. Uh, let's see if we're going to do either either of these here. Did you want to do an Insta poll really quick about the beef? Um, well, let's do it uh, when we get back here. Let's do it. Not doing that. We're going to a break. Tim, let's do one more story here. We'll break. We'll come back. More of your phone calls, and we'll do a Viso Insta poll. Uh, here is uh, Tim Riley, ladies and germs. Remember the pregnant man? Yes. He's pregnant again. Hooray. The man who gave birth to a baby girl is once again pregnant. Thomas Beatty, who lives in Bend, revealed in an exclusive interview with Barbara Walters that he is pregnant with a second child. The first child was born in Bend, June 2008. Mom, he's pregnant already. First of all, let me just say, just to recap something I said the other day. I was, I'd forgotten all about the pregnant man. Forgot, just washed that man, girl, right out of my hair. Uh, but then I was at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, and I saw that the pregnant man had written a book, which no one will buy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Powell's. I love books. No one's going to buy that crap. No one. No one. No going to buy what? The book about the pregnant man. That Ew, he wrote, I mean, no. he wrote a book. He wrote a book. It's like, hey, I'm a pregnant dude. He's Look like, at my oh, belly. My relevance has run out. I better get knocked up again. Well, but I mean, Joe the Plumber's got a book deal. Why can't that guy? That's but I saw the book sitting on a table, not the Ezra on the Rick Emerson show table. And I was like, you know, no one is going to buy this. And then I thought, you know, isn't it funny how we've all just, as Todd the Corpse once said, we've dumped him by the side of the pop culture road and sped away, not unlike the uh, Tazon Day guy, the chocolate rain dude. So just... As I was thinking, hey, you know, we haven't talked about that pregnant guy in a while. No one cares. Now the pregnant guy is pregnant again. First of all, can I just say that guy, I don't mean to sound, and this is really not about, I, I don't care, be transgender to be whatever. I don't care. It's that guy specifically. Just looking at him for some reason turns my stomach, and I couldn't figure out why. I, You know, it has nothing to do with him being having a sex change or being a... Whatever. I mean, you know, one of my favorite people, even before he was reelected mayor, uh, was Stu Rasmussen, who, um, you know, he's the, I always call him the, trans, the transvestite ticket taker in uh, Silverton, Oregon. And he was reelected. I guess he was mayor some time ago, been reelected. He's now no longer just a transvestite. He's, in fact, a transsexual now. By the way, I found it the reason that he is always the ticket taker, he is not the transgender ticket taker at the Silverton Theater, he actually owns that theater, which is fantastic. <laughs> when in Silverton, Oregon, and you really should go to Silverton just to take it. It's just a beautiful town. I am not paid by the city of uh, Silverton to say these things. It is a beautiful town. It's just a wonderful, small, cozy little place. It's got one tiny little bookstore. It's got one tiny little theater. It's got one tiny little, wait for it, ice cream shop. It's, I mean, it's just the greatest place. But you go there, and he's like tearing the tickets, I guess, because he runs the theater. Um, anyway, so it had nothing to do with the, with the pregnant man being transgender. You know what it is? It's that creepy, thin, like eyebrow pencil uh, beard that he's got. That he's like that dick in the Backstreet Boys that had that. Who was the Backstreet Boys there that looked like he had the beard that was painted on with mascara? You know what I'm talking about? AJ. Was it AJ? He always That's had the, the only one that I know. Douchebag hat on. 
Yeah. It's that thin, uh, weird, like, porn star beard that that pregnant guy has. That's what freaks me out. I look at that and I feel feel almost physically ill looking at him. And it is the facial hair that does it for me. And not just that he has facial hair. It is actually his specific beard. It's a bad look. Anyway, so I forget. What is the deal with him? Does he have a... he was a guy that became... No, he's a woman that became a man. Is that the deal? Hmm. Yes, he must be a woman who Because he a still man. has a uh, an opening. He has that area. Really? <laughs> Why would he... He has a vagina. He has that thing down there. He has the... You're talking yes. about the pregnant man woman. Yeah, he has a... Yeah, so yeah, she... It still has He a has vagina. a vagina. All right. Well, he would have to, or she would have to. I guess, because I was trying to figure out how that whole thing works. So I guess, yeah, the hormones made her grow, like, facial hair and lose her boobs. Does she, right. Yeah, she lost her boobs, right? I guess. I don't know. I yeah, so there's that horrible topless picture. I haven't really been alone with him in an intimate setting. So let's take a break. Yeah, and never <laughs> talk about this again. Uh, we come back. More news later on the Viso Instapole, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We'll talk to Dorothy Cassisari for the National Enquirer about Cindy McCain. Uh, let's see. What else? Jim Roop and today's Top 5. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Indeed. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Dr. Dorothy Cassisari for the National Enquirer. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And, of course, uh, because of the passing of Mitch Mitchell yesterday in room 1233, by the way, at the Benson Hotel, room 1233, uh, we're going to revisit a top five from the archives today, uh, top five drum intros to a song, and then we'll do the uh, Viso Insta poll here in just a few. Hello, Tim Riley. I also found out he only played one song at the final concert at the Schnitz, and uh, he he was brought in to the auditorium by two people. Really? So and, he was... and his people thought he had the flu because he hadn't been feeling well in the previous two concerts before he got here. Well, it's it's kind of weird, too, when they say that he you know, died of natural causes. And I mean, it wasn't, we don't know that. Wasn't, and he wasn't a spring chicken. But 60, 60 or 61, I heard, or 62, I heard varying uh, you know years. 62 rock and roll years. So I, I, that, I was going to say, you know, when, but I mean, when you die, I mean, look, you're, you know, in America, I think, what is the average life expectancy, all things being equal? For an American male at this point. Late 70s? Yeah, 77, 78. So when you're dying at like 61, let's say, when they say natural causes, I never know what that means. I wonder if that's like the irreconcilable differences of the the death world, where they just say that when they either don't know or don't want to say. Because you'll see, like sometimes, um, uh, I'll put it this way. Um, Well, never mind. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to say... That I think we, I think that there have been a lot of cases. Well, celebrities sometimes where they will, they'll be like some like 32 year old celebrity, where like blah 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 blah, natural causes, and everybody kind of, you know, everybody kind of, you know, arches an eyebrow and says, Freddie Prince died of natural causes. Right. <laughs> you go, uh huh. And then we all just sort of agree to look the other way and move on. All right, here's that uh, Tim Riley. So let's talk about the economy a little bit, because that's what's on everyone's mind. It's what Americans are talking about today. The Postal Service, the real mailmen in uniforms and trucks. Ended their fiscal year $2.8 billion in the red, battered by a paltering economy, and the cut in the, the amount of mail being sent. So I do believe that part. And that means people are buying less stamps. 
But is that enough to put you two point eight billion dollars in the red? Possibly. I think you really have to work hard to to, to like lose three billion dollars, though. It is I mean, the post office. that takes some. I mean, even I mean, one likes to think of the government as uh, as really not being able to accomplish much. So really, in a in a sort of horrible way, that's almost like a well done kind of a thing. Because I mean, it, it's not like it's not like you lost five bucks. I mean, losing $3 billion really does take some sort of perverse effort, I would think. And that's what American Express wants. They want $3.5 billion, as we talked about yesterday. I, okay, hold on, urge to kill, rising, rising. What, do you want $3.5 billion? Yes, I do. I do. Well, yeah, you know I, what? You know, I mean, we can split it three ways. I'm, okay. I think I said this off the air yesterday, but, you know, Byron Beck ought to be writing, uh, ought to be writing some article for somebody. You know, Byron Beck, who was um, recently uh, downsized uh, from, from the Willamette Week, um, and... Um, you know he's going to land on his feet undoubtedly, but but I think he ought to be writing a column right now about because you know was was for economic reasons they were very you know very they were very cool about that they're very clear that that was why, but he ought to be writing some sort of a piece about you know like a, I Byron Beck demand a bailout, so I mean we ought to just create some sort of a this is what we ought to do here's a cheap ass stupid DJ stunt that we should do, we should just create some sort of a form letter that you can print out at home. Fill in the appropriate information, and then you can send it off to the government demanding a bailout, like for you. Sarah, you probably need a bailout for something. I think I do, Rick Emerson. Tim, we could probably all find reasons we need a bailout. So we ought to create some form. You print it out. Uh, you put in I, Rick Emerson. Fill in the thing. You know, because I gambled everything at the track. My Volvo is a gas guzzler. I he, bought too many vodka sodas. Then you totally send it in. You're like, I will see. Because of poor decision making, I have less money. And it seems like that gets you a free check from the government. So I will sit here and await my cash in the mail, you dicks. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but uh, American Express. Yes. Crank me if I'm wrong. American Express isn't in the business of just like giving away credit to anybody. No, you got to work to get an American. You got to have yes. good credit yes. to get an American Express card. I have two. Such a bastard. <laughs> you are. Of course you do. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Tim. We love you, and we're giving you virtual well, hugs no, right I'm, now. But you're such a jerk. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm being truthful. Oh, I, I feel know. Like I'm holding back information if you're talking about something I'm familiar with, and I sit here and pretend that I know nothing about it. Oh, we're glad you said it. I'm just saying. It, I'll leave them at home if you. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to show them to us. I'm just saying it was perfectly timed. I, I, leave the, I leave the green one at home. Would you have, like, the black card? Well, you buy an island? I carry blue with me. What is blue? Blue blue is um, the other American. You don't have to pay off the... Say if you charge things up, you don't have to pay the entire sum when the bill comes. With the blue one? Blue. But with the green one, you got to pay yeah. that off right, right away. A and the gold. Oh, and the gold. And there are a couple of other ones, too. Are there, Tim? What are the colors for those, Tim? One's pink. Tell me about the magical shimmery titanium one that you can use to buy a planet. You probably could. Um, no, I, in all fairness, when you travel, I always take my American Express card because if you get raked over the coals, they'll break somebody's neck. Really? No, oh, yeah. They'll uh, they'll 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 go to the the mat for you. Because, because if you're staying in a hotel, they always like to tack on extra charges. Well, if you show them the American Express card, they'll think twice about doing it. Because they know if there's any funny business, yes. the American Express will uh, will bring pressure to bear. And if you rent a car, American Express will cover that insurance so you don't get raked over the coals. And because they, they try to do they try to double-ding you oh, for that, too. listen, I, I haggled over a rented car. I wanted my $13 rented car when I went to LAX, and darn it, I left with it. <laughs> Nobody's giving me anything I didn't want. And they tried to screw you? I, I, do you realize that you're... 
You're driving through Malibu in a Chevrolet? Yes, that's exactly what I want. Nobody knows who I am. $13 a day, you bastard. Give me the car. I will drive through Malibu in a Chevrolet. So here's my question. Since American Express, unlike certain other companies who we will not name, who are like probably give a card to a goldfish even now, um, I mean, look look at this. Let me tell you, there are certain, um, let's say, certain prominent major label credit card companies who have given it me. Me. Multiple lines of credit. Which is foolish. I'm telling you right now, if you work in one of those companies, that is a fool's bargain. You have chosen poorly. Um, you know, my wife, she's great. Me, you've made a bad decision there. American Express, though, I mean, they're very careful how they do that, too. So my question is, how can they be needing two and a half billion dollars? Or do they just figure, like, hey, they're giving away money over there? And the government is so stupid. I mean, do they figure that the government, and probably this is a logical train of thought, I mean, I would imagine that this cuts some ice. Do they figure the government is just so badly run and inept and mismanaged that they can just sort of get in line? You know, it's like getting in line for a concert where you don't have tickets, and you get to the front and go, no, I'm on the list. No, I was just here. No, I just stepped out to go to my car. Dude, I'm on the list. You just saw me. I just had to go to the glove box, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to, to put my flash camera away because I was inside, and they said no flash photography. And finally, the guy at the, at the door goes, fine, all right, come on in, fine. You know, and you never had a ticket. I wonder if that's what Amex is doing with the federal government. Yes. No, no, no. We, we, no, we need three billion. No, we were just here. No, we just had to go outside. No, no, no. Three billion. And the government. All right, like, fine. Three billion. Get out. Jesus. Everybody in line. All right. So then we have. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have to pick on here? An alliance with other U.S. and foreign automakers and federal funding is needed by Chrysler to survive. <laughs> That'll make people fly to Chrysler dealerships and buy their vehicles right away. So, they're asking for. Any part of a federal bailout they can get, the government will need to uh, take equity stakes in the automakers, much like it has with banks. Unless there are optional tie-ins with GM, Ford, and Chrysler, they'll have no alternative but to look for a partnership overseas. Please, too, leave our shores. How about a partnership with Renault, which somebody already owned but sold a long time ago, or Nissan? So either of them, automakers are seeking $25 billion more in emergency funding from Congress. All right, I got three things here in the story. One is the really telling phrase in this article is when, was it Chrysler? Yes. When Chrysler, Chrysler is when, uh, I don't even know where that sounded when I haven't used it all week. Chrysler. I barely knew her. Is when Chrysler says, we're looking for any part of the bailout we can get. I mean, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know? Yes. Look, we heard you're giving away cash. If there's anything left over, I don't care. It's like when you're starving and somebody's eating dinner. I don't get the gizzard, lungs, I'll take whatever's left. Th that is very telling right there. Also, so there are two options are either A, for the government to take a stake. Mm -hmm. Why would, first of all, I don't know for whom that's a worse bargain. The government taking a stake in a, in a, the government taking a stake in a business that makes automobiles in America. Is it a safe bet, Tim? Could you? Is it a fair statement to say that America is the most auto-centric country in the world? Yes. I mean, no one loves cars like Americans. And I'm not a car guy, but I mean, I know what I know, right? And I mean, Americans. It's like a, it's a, pr a proof of status and it, whatnot. It, it, it is. Yeah, it is. Would you say? I would say this. It is. We're in the country in a hurry, and a car gets you there in a hurry. It's not, but it's but it's more than that. Would you? I would say this is just me. I would say even more than your home. I would say the car is probably the dominant and preeminent status symbol in America. I can't think of anything that's a bigger status symbol. You can say your home, but, you know, most people don't ever see your home. Car, you see everybody at work sees it. You know, people who come to your house see it. You're driving on the road. You go on a date. 
everybody sees your car. Not everybody sees your job. Not everybody knows your job. Not everybody sees your house. You got some trophy wife. Not everybody sees her. A car is the, that is the status symbol in this country. And we are, of course, a consumer culture. Uh, we used to be a capitalist uh, culture. So, I mean, if you cannot make money selling cars to Americans, you want to get out of the money-making business because you're not meant for it. So I don't know what's worse, the government having to take a stake in some business that clearly doesn't, can't put one foot in front of the other, or Chrysler having to be partially owned by the most badly run company in the history of the world, which is the U.S. government. Um, so there's that. And then thirdly, wait, what was my thirdly? Thirdly, um, I don't even remember what the thirdly thing is, except to say that we have now reached... This is like a quasi-socialist thing, where the government will have a partial ownership of this industry. Well, you don't say socialism if it involves industry and business. No, of course Only not. Only if it involves no. individuals. That's a bailout. Mm-hmm. All right. I wonder what, has anybody found Lee Iacocca to ask him what he thinks about this? I think he's dead. I don't think so. So, you know, that's one of those things where you're trying to make me, you're trying to make it so by saying it. You're trying to make me wish he was, trying to make me think he's dead by saying it out loud. Sarah, are you looking up Lee Iacocca? Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, one C and then two Cs. I'm pretty sure that Lee Iacocca is still alive. Probably old, perhaps mentally enfeebled, though. Maybe I think that's he's still alive. Maybe... It just, his Wikipedia page is born. I wonder if they. Uh, I wonder if that was like a. Uh... Or is it? Where have they been keeping him, and for what reason? Well, see, but that's the thing. Maybe they yep, tried. Yes, he's still alive. He's 84 years old. Perhaps there's awkward interview footage where they say, uh, "Mr. Iacocca, what do you think of the bailout?" And he just goes, "Applesauce," and then wets himself. Somebody mop up the puddle near my shoes. <laughs> uh anyway. So, all right. Here's Tim Riley. B.J. Novak's run on NBC's The Office is coming to an end at least for a while. They're reporting that the actor responsible for the character of Ryan is taking a leave of absence. He also writes for the show. He's leaving to take a role in Quentin Tarantino's flick, Inglorious Bastards. It remains unclear how long Novak will be away. Entertainment Weekly is citing sources close to NBC who allege he could return later in the season, while other insiders are suggesting that Novak will never return to the show on an on-screen role. Oh, that's assuming that, that Tarantino film ever gets made. I mean, that thing has been... In, uh, Tarantino's been working on that movie for, like, seven years, something like that. So we'll see if it actually ever happens. Uh, let's see. Should I be uh, picking one of these uh, calls? Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Entertain the masses now. I shall try. All right. Uh, go to YouTube. Go check out Arlo Guthrie. He had a song early 80s after the Chrysler bailout to begin with, and it's the song is I'm Changing My Name to Chrysler. And is it because he wants money from the man? Exactly. All right. You know, that was, you want. that was kind of a big deal even back then. There was all this. I mean, it was kind of a big national debate about okay. whether the government should give money to Chrysler. And, and again, and that that would be classified as socialism, and that was under Reagan, so... Yeah. He's a socialist, too. All right. There you go, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Reagan, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to get off into a political thing because the election's over, and we do a little bit of that now, but it, it is interesting to see the sort of uh, revamping of Ronald Reagan's image that has happened over the years because Reagan, while in many ways a very dyed-in-the-wool conservative, you know, Reagan did a lot of things that were way more liberal than people like to remember. Uh, I do believe it was Ronald Reagan that gave us a thing called the Earned Income Tax Credit, mm-hmm. which is really, I mean, that's like the government uh, uh, taking money from the rich and giving it to the poor. I mean, that, in its truest sense, that is spreading the wealth around. And that was created by Ronald Reagan, which uh, sort of gets glossed over when they, uh, when they mention him now, you know, when they show that photo of him with a halo and wings at the uh, Republican convention. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, guys. Hi. Turn your radio up as loud as it will go, please. Sorry, guys. Not at all. I just called to tell you, I think it's a wonderful idea about having a form you can fill out for that individual bailout. Yeah. Maybe you ought to do like an Insta poll or something for that. I think if somebody needs to, you know, maybe uh, maybe Todd the Corpse could write that. He's a copywriter. Um, but I mean, we really ought to construct one of those. It's like dear, you know, dear government. And then, uh, you know, everybody can print it out. We'll have the mailing address. You can send it on in and just wait for your check to arrive from the government. And really, all you have to do to get this free money from the government is just behave irresponsibly. Behave irresponsibly, that. put out products people aren't going to buy, fail to anticipate changes in the market, fail to accurately read economic conditions, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then you're on easy street. All right, good. I, I like, I'm glad you like the idea, sir. Thanks. Thank that you. song's pretty funny, actually. Really? Uh-huh. Is it Woody Guthrie or Arlo Guthrie? Arlo Guthrie. Oh, he of Tim, you probably had to play Alice's Restaurant. Yes. Every Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. 27 minutes Is long? It 18 minutes? Yeah, I was just looking at that because it's on the sidebar. It says Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. Alice's Restaurant is the worst minutes. song ever recorded. Maybe that's not that's not true. Crystal Waters' uh, Gypsy Woman, She's Homeless is the worst song ever recorded. But Alice's Restaurant is a terrible song. And there's no reason that you had to play it on Thanksgiving, except that I think he mentions Thanksgiving in the song. Isn't that the deal? Mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm sorry, Tim. I know I'm just running on at the mouth about everything today. No, I accept it. All right, here's Tim Riley. Are you shopping for a new vest, Tim uh, Riley? I, I don't know which one to choose. I know, there's so many colors to choose from. All right. Well, I'll tell you about other things. Let's see here. Alaska Governor Sarah Palin will not go away. Who? Who? Alaska I'm Governor just, Sarah Palin? I'm just toying with you. You remember her? I do, actually. Um, boy, they are really... You know, here's the thing. I don't even think it's her trying to extend her 15 minutes of fame. I really don't. Have you guys been watching any of the, the coverage of her, on, uh, like, on CNN? Or She's Netflix? learning how to no. speak. See, but here's the thing. Yeah, I get the feeling... I get the feeling she is... Obviously, she's thinking about running again. But I think she realizes she's got to adapt and come back stronger, you know? And I mean, well, maybe she'll win, maybe she won't. But I mean, just... Taking her side for a moment, she knows if she's going to win, she's got to go home and like learn some stuff. I mean, she's got to learn how to speak better. She's got to learn how to answer questions on the firing line. She's got to learn facts and figures, and you know, got to learn how to say nuclear. So I think Sarah Palin, to be fair, is ready to go home, rack up some really big wins and achievements as governor of Alaska, mm-hmm. and come back a stronger candidate. I get the feeling that's what she wants to do. It is the media that is extending this. The media has followed her home to Alaska, and they are following her everywhere she goes, sitting her down for these long interviews. CNN, I mean, they had Wolf Blitzer doing it. Uh I mean, it is the media that realizes she still equals ratings, and the media is doing everything they can to keep her in the limelight because they know that people still are fascinated with her. And at the same time, behind the scenes, she is being very strongly coached. Yeah, no, that is absolutely true. So yeah, yeah, they have all the time in the world. They got the they got they got eight years. Mm-hmm. It ain't no four. They got eight years. So she is not ruling out the possibility of becoming a senator or running for president. According, oh, maybe she was asked. No, she says she's not ruling it out. You travel this road in life, and as you turn a corner, and there may be something there that uh, circumstances change. You got to call an audible, and you decide to uh, shift gears, take another direction. I'm always open for that. Hold on. Well, in the course of oh one my sentence, god. In the course of one sentence, did we actually have a navigational sport and motor reference all at once? Yes. Did she call an audible, shift gears, and no. then change direction? Yes. Good for you, Sarah Palin. And change the transmission fluid. Might, might I love her so much better now that she's not going to be our vice president. Well, I'm just saying, I I think she is dropping back, and she's going to adapt, and she's going to come back 
a stronger candidate. I really do believe that. But the media will not leave her alone because they know that we still like their, you know, to, to read about her. Mm -hmm. There are several factors why the GOP didn't win. We didn't get the Hispanic vote. That really hurt. We, we were outspent tremendously because, of course, Obama took the private financing. John McCain had stuck to his promise of just keeping the public financing of the campaign. So greatly outspent. Barack Obama was a great campaigner. He had a very strong organization. She'll remember this campaign forever. For years to come, yeah. I'm going to remember all the young girls who came up to me at rallies to see the first woman having the privilege of carrying our party's VP nomination, and they inspired me. Okay. Did Lindsay Lohan really call President-elect Obama our first colored president? That's our first, you know, colored president, so that's like, it's, it, I'm so thrilled to be a part of, you know, the country while that's going on. Did you see the video? Wait, Didn't hold on. Beat? Hold on, wait, we can play that again. It just... Mm -hmm. That's our first, you know, colored president, so that's like... It's, it, I'm so thrilled to be a part Isn't of, that what she's saying? You know, Maybe. I hear good. I think good, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't One know. More time. Everybody listen. That's our first, you know, colored president. So that's like... Oh, but now I hear colored. I'm so thrilled to be I a mean, part of... I don't of, know. Maybe she said it. Maybe she didn't. While that's going on. Wait, One so more time. They're trying to figure out whether or not this uh, word is good or colored. One more time. Everybody. That's our first, you know, colored president. So that's like... It's, it, I'm so thrilled to be a part of, you know, the country while that's going on. It almost sounds like she's saying nuclear. First nuclear president. I want a nuclear president. You know, he'd be, he'd be like Nixon in Futurama with the big robot body, and Nixon's back. All right. Ah, uh, well, there you go. That's, uh, I almost said that's Lee Iacocca. That's Lindsay Lohan uh, well, on KCMD Portland. I, on KCMD Portland, a CBS radio station. Well, maybe she said it. Maybe she, I can't really tell. Mm-mm. Boy, between her and, the, and Don Rickles being on Letterman, it's, uh, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, what are these, uh, what are these people calling for? Hey, how would you imagine Richie spells Iacocca? Oh, jeez. Why, is he on the phone? No. Oh. Like, <laughs> phonetically? <laughs> I-O-C-O-K-A. Which I guess is, you to know... To be honest, I didn't know what... Like, when you said Lee Iacocca, I'm like, what the heck That's a we It's a weird Italian name. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, I would figure if you would spell it with a K. Yeah. Hey, um, when uh, Chrysler um, hit up the government uh, back in the 80s, yeah. it was a loan... And not only was that, I had co people who turned around, they introduced a minivan, started becoming profitable. He paid it back early. With a big cardboard check, yeah. remember that? Yeah. And they actually paid the government back. Yep. yep. The government had no idea what to do because they weren't ever expecting to get paid back. Yeah, and by the way, lest anybody think that I'm sort of busting on Lee Iacocca taking money for Chrysler back then, I'm not, and you are right, because it was a loan. And it was unprecedented, but, uh, you know, I think history has shown it to be to be correct. But, yeah, it was a loan. Iacocca paid it back early with interest with a huge publisher's clearinghouse style check. And as you said, the government didn't know what to do with it because they figured he'd never do it. They figured he would never succeed. Um, and, you know, and, and that, though, to me, makes this all the more inexcusable. It's like, have you learned nothing have you learned nothing about how to ma and let me just say something else um real quickly i have some uh, you know we have some listeners who um you know work in various parts of the country and you know we got a couple of listeners who have who are let's say one you know one or two degrees away from the car industry i don't mean to sound like a jerk i really don't i mean i don't uh, nobody wants to see anybody fired nobody wants to see anybody laid off i mean especially you know it sucks always but around the holidays nobody wants to see anybody bounce out of a job nobody wants to see workers 
guys on the line. You know, nobody wants to see, I mean, you know, blow out all the, you know, the, the top tier management you want. I don't care. But nobody wants to see, you know, the, the workers fired. It's not, it's not about that, though. It's about, at some point, companies have got to figure out how to run themselves uh, properly. And so, you know, I got these emails from people saying, well, you know, who could have foreseen the price of oil would go up? You know, or the, and I got the one that was, you know, auto industries, they were just making gas guzzlers because that's what the American people wanted. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm a retard, okay? I'm as dumb as a freaking brick. But even I know that, as Tim Riley said earlier, uh, you know, this has happened before, and all of these things are cyclical. Everything goes in cycles. And if I, if me, if I knew that at some point we'd take it in the shorts from the oil-producing countries and we would need small, fuel-efficient or energy cars at some point, uh, electric cars, if I knew that, it is inconceivable to me that the auto industry can say they didn't see it coming, you know? Hey, uh, by the way, do you know why um, it was in, was in our best interest to uh, give Chrysler a, a loan? Mm. Because they do a lot of military contracts. I think they were either building tanks or some of the turbo um, jet turbine engines uh, for the military. And so it was seen as part of being in our interest to not let Chrysler go under. I think, and, they, I think they did actually build tanks. I think there was a great photograph of Lee Iacocca standing in front of a tank at one point. Yeah. If, and if you really want to um, read a good book on leadership, two years ago Iacocca wrote a book that basically just kicked all the politicians in the nads for being worthless wimps. Excellent. Good for him. All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. All right. There you go. I mean, you know, that makes no sense at all. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Listen, is uh, the direction that Sarah Palin's going to take us, is it in a new direction? I do believe it is, sir. I think that's probably the only kind of direction she knows. Absolutely. Listen, uh, it was it was Jimmy Carter, okay, with that loan. It was not Ronald Reagan. Is that true? What year did that happen? I don't remember. It was the, the 80s, I thought. I, uh, I swear to God that was post-80. I remember seeing it on TV, and it was Carter. Tim? Carter doing that. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me, but, I mean, uh, Tim, do we know if that was under Reagan or Carter? I thought, I'll look it up. All right. It might, you might be right because I think Lee Iacocca, maybe, now maybe I'm hallucinating this, I think Iacocca might have actually said at one point, if it had happened a couple years later under Reagan, he wouldn't have gotten the money. I think he might have actually said that. You, you're probably right about that. Because remember, Ronnie came in January of 81. Yeah. All right. That's probably a fair point. And third point is... How in the world could you not like Alice's restaurant? Oh, God, I just got an email from some guy. This guy. I caught myself yelling at the radio when you said that Alice's restaurant sucks. Oh, it's funny. It's it's the, the paradox between, you know, his dumping the garbage out, something relatively harmless, and not that it's right, but, I mean, and somebody going over and, you know, and, and – uh, with with blood in their eyes or whatever the term is and slashing and cutting and shooting all the people you know and um, um, isn't that what he's alluding to? Can you? Well, I will say this. Um, I will say that I haven't heard the song Alice's Restaurant in fifteen years. Something probably since I I haven't heard that song since I quit being a DJ. The last time I heard Alice's Restaurant was the last Thanksgiving I had to work as a DJ because you were like required by law to play it. And yeah. I just remember at the time, maybe this is wrong, I remember thinking at the time, it was just a bunch of, like, hippie claptrap that went on forever. And I remember thinking to myself, I remember thinking, whoever it is that wrote and is singing this song probably smells really bad. <laughs> I stand by that part of the assessment, by the way. He does, but, I mean, 
It's just so funny. I, I think, right. unfortunately, an occupational hazard for you, you got jaded to it. Because if you really listen to the words, I mean, yeah. it's, it's clever. Perhaps sir. I will give it another try this Thanksgiving, sir. You know, yeah. it is it is coming up soon. I know. All it right. is. Thank Thanks you. You're almost right. The caller? You're almost right about Chrysler. Now, it did, the Chrysler Corporation Loan Guarantee Act of 1979 was signed into law by then-President Jimmy Carter on January 7, 1980. Right. So this is right before he left off, probably a couple of weeks before. But it, was under, but it was under Carter, not Reagan. Right. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and, I, you know, and I think, I think you know, uh, Lee Iacocca, as I think about it, I think he may have actually said in his uh, autobiography, I think he may have actually said that he's lucky that it happened when it did because he, he probably wouldn't have gotten it under Reagan. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, yeah, that actually makes sense. Uh, let's do a couple more here, and then we'll continue with the uh, news. Hello there, sir and madam, is the case, maybe. Hey, um, I was calling because I had a question about the pronunciation of a word that you always say people get wrong, but I don't hear the difference in it, and I was wondering if I said it right or wrong. Okay. Nuclear? That is the correct You're saying it correct. Nuclear, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And then one more thing. Pundit? Well, here, let's take these one at a time. First of all, okay. n- it is pronounced nuclear. And I got two, two subsets of that. One is because they're talking about something. The root word is nucleus. Okay. Uh, and it's not, you know, like an atom doesn't have a nucleus. It has a nucleus. And so from nucleus comes nuclear. Secondly, this is not a conspiracy theory. Jeannie Most did a story on this. We all love Jeannie Most. Whatever, you know, why isn't she on CNN as much as she used to be, Tim? I don't know. I say accusingly. Tim, tell me. It has nothing to do with me. Um, Jeannie Most, who is one of the greatest reporters who's ever been on television, did you, Tim, by chance, see the piece that Jeannie Most did on Sarah Palin and the word nuclear? I did not. It was wonderful. You can watch it on YouTube. I encourage everybody, the next time you have a few spare minutes, go to YouTube, type in Sarah Palin, nuclear, and then Jeannie, which I think is actually Jeannie. I think it's G-I-N-N-Y. Jeannie Most does this whole thing about Sarah Palin not being able to say nuclear, and they have the greatest picture it is a over, it's a camera shot of Sarah Palin giving uh giving her speech at, uh you know at uh, not at the convention but one of her stump speeches, and the camera person is actually standing behind her looking over her shoulder, and they have a shot over Sarah Palin's shoulder of her teleprompter, and on Sarah Palin this is on CNN this is not like nutty conspiracy crap on Sarah Palin's teleprompter nuclear is actually spelled N E W hyphen C-L-E-A-R, nuclear. They spell it as two words, nuclear, to make sure that she says it correctly. So, so what uh, is the right and what's the wrong way? Because I, I don't hear a difference. Uh, I think it's dense. It is, it, is the, um, it, it, it is the, well, now what is the actual difference? The wrong is nuclear. But how? But what is the actual dip? What is the sound that's out of place? There? I'm trying to say like the U's in the wrong place. They're the two U's, the new nuclear. Q. There's nuclear. no L sound before the E sound. Yeah, well, just think nucleus. Nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad I happened to say it right. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. And there is no U. There is, so, in other words, when you say it, if at any point you make the sound U, you're saying it like nuclear. You're, you're saying it wrong. Oh, okay. And every gotcha. time I say it, even if it's right, I second-guess myself. Even when I just said it now, I'm like, oh, God, did I say it right? Totally. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, just attention, Sarah Palin, pundit has one N. Okay. Oh, the N, that's what it was. P-U-N-D-I-T. Okay. One N in that word, Sarah Palin. All right, thank you. Thank you. Best show ever. Right, fantastic. Thank you. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So let's get back to the Southern stuff again. More than 5 million Southern Californians are participating in the Great Southern California Shakeout Drill today. 
A California official arranged for a powerful earthquake to be simulated during this drill. Uh-huh. The problem with an earthquake is you never know when it's going to occur. Hold on. Hey, earthquake! Earthquake simulation here. That's hilarious. Wait, what was that? That was a really bad attempt at comedy, I think is what that was. Oh. It was somebody shaking a metal car table saying, earthquake, earthquake. They're doing this earthquake drill, and the guy was doing the, he was obviously trying to do the, uh, you know, it's like when Captain Kangaroo. Can- expect more in Hollywood, wouldn't you? It's like when Captain Kangaroo would go, hey, there's someone at the door. Um, so, yeah, that was him going, you never know when an earthquake's going to bump, 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 and then someone's throwing rocks at the window. Or inviting Mr. T to dinner and he kicks on your front door, and you're not even surprised. I have the, all the audio from that, by the I way. I captured the it all. Last night. Isn't gonna, it, isn't oh, it golden? Seen it. I haven't seen yes. the rest of it. Yeah, it is wonderful. Yes. The whole thing again? Yeah, the uh, Mr. T uh, flavor wave infomercial. We'll watch that later on. Here's no, we've also got to figure out whether or not you want to know the new flavor. Don't let me forget to do the Insta poll on that. All right, here's Tim Riley. Off we go to the 42nd Annual Country Music Awards. They were held last night, a three-hour ceremony in Nashville. CMA co-host Brad Paisley jokes about the shoes he and co-host Carrie Underwood have to fill. All the great men of country have hosted this show, so I've got some massive, and I mean huge, boots to fill. And also, I believe Dolly hosted this show once, so good luck. That's not funny. That's a boob joke about Dolly Parton. That is cutting-edge comedy, Tim. That is Tim. cutting-edge. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah. A baby doll that could be a hot Christmas item has come under scrutiny. Fisher Price's Little Mommy Cuddle and Coo has been taken off shelves in some states. The doll allegedly says, Islam is the light. All right. The doll is still available across South Dakota. Walmart, Shopco, Kmart, and Target are carrying the toy. Some Walmart stores have chosen to take the doll off the shelves. Kmart is selling the doll, but says unsatisfied customers can return the doll to its stores for a complete refund. I got two things. One, you know, we've said before that somebody ought to make an actual talking Tina doll. License it from, from uh, uh, you know, Viacom and the, and the, the, Sterling, the Sterling Estate. And actually make a, you know, my name is talking to the, And what's her name uh, is still alive. And I imagine they got the master audio tapes regardless. So they ought to make one of those. Um, the, um, uh, also, I can't believe that, like, some gothic-themed, uh, you know, company hasn't made a doll that says terrible things. Like an innocent-looking doll, when you press it, it goes, you know, like... Uh, I think that exists. I really? Think something like that at the Hot Topic or something. Uh, that would be really great, a doll that, mm-hmm. I'm going to stab you to death in your sleep, you know, or something. Or uh, I like to eat babies. Um, you know, here's this weird, I'm getting a lot of email from people. Who's, listen to this guy. Um, let's see. This guy, Tim, says, um, I also cannot hear the difference in nuclear and nuclear. So he's another guy who says he can't. Well, you just said the same, the same word twice. Well, he, that's what you type it. But, you know, okay. but, but in other words, nuclear and nuclear, he's a guy saying he cannot hear the difference. So you don't want to have the Q in there. Like, take up the Q. Right. Like the new Q. Yeah. It's, it's nuclear. It's, but it's weird, though. That to say that you couldn't, I mean, I believe him. I'm just saying it, it would be weird. It's weird to not be able to hear that difference. I like looking at a picture when one of the things is supposed to be different and you just can't see it. Like in Highlights magazine. I love Highlights. There's something weird about that word. There's something really strange about that. I'm surprised there hasn't been like some dissertation or something. All right, here's Tim Riley. Victoria's Secret bras are blamed for skin conditions. A lawsuit has unveiled a possible health risk involving the world-famous lingerie company Victoria's Secret. Roberta Ritter filed a lawsuit against the company after the bra she bought from the company, namely the Angel Secret Embrace bra and the very sexy the Extreme Push-Up bra. Angel Secret Embrace, by the way, is what the bishop gives you in the rectory when nobody's around. I was going to say, that sounds like a molesty bra. Totally. 
Well, it had a very strange effect on your skin. I had the welts and a very red hot spot. Don't do you ever, Tim. And to touch it, it became extremely blistery. It itched profusely. I'm feeling utterly sick. Is that in the article or is that like you? A, no, it's well it's me dramatizing. Is that your journalistic quote. aside? I couldn't yes. tell if that was editorial commentary. No, that that is a quote from the story. Okay. Uh the website medhelp.org lists several complaints from women who claim Victoria's Secret bras give them rashes. My chest kept developing red like welts and bumps. Then the doctors couldn't figure it out. I didn't realize that all this sickness can and are related to the formaldehyde in these products. There's formaldehyde in the, in the bra? bra? Yeah. Well, allegedly. It... Every time I wear a Victoria's Secret bra, I get burned underneath my breast line and chest line, complained another. That sounds like the worst advertising copy ever. We have, like, the sexy music in the background, like the smooth jazz music. And every time I wear my Victoria's Secret bra... I received third-degree burns and welts underneath my breasts. I was floored. I thought I'd have to come out with this, open up this can of worms. It just isn't for me. It's okay. for other people as well. Several Victoria's Secret bras have been brought and sent to a laboratory. They've tested positive for formaldehyde, the chemical according to this woman's doctor that has caused the ration welts all over her skin. Ration welts. I've never been happier than I buy cheap bras. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, now let me ask you this question. I don't mean to ask you an indelicate question. I'm not an expert question. on bras, mind you. Well, then this, Sarah, I don't, I don't yeah. mean to, to ask I'm, an indelicate question. I'm really comfortable talking about bras. So, but I mean, here's a dumb question. Is there a difference between a cheap bra and an expensive bra? You know what? I used to, okay. Not in terms of looks. Uh, in terms of comfort. I actually, is Victoria's Secret a sponsor? There's, no, there's uh, no. no way that they would be, right? Well, after that after that news story, I suppose we'll find out. Okay. Maybe they'll uh, sign me up to do some live reads. No, so they, they charge this ridiculous amount of money for bras, like $55, $60. Right. And so, like, I used to get them because I thought that I had to. Right. And then, um, and then like, the, the tops, like, the straps would always stretch out and they'd fall apart and stuff. Because you thought that more equaled better quality. Exactly. And you know what? They never really fit me uh, particularly well. And, I've, I've you know, I've tried all different kinds of them. There, there's nothing different with those than, like, a bra that I buy at Target. All right. So it is, a, so it is really... I mean, in terms of function, one yeah, is more or less like the same. Yeah, what you want. Like, if you want padded, if you want underwire, if you want, you know, like, more or less support, just right. whatever. Yeah, I've never, there, there really isn't a difference. It's just the label. Girls, like, walking out of that store with that little pink and white bag. Oh, no, totally. Special. No, that's no, that's absolutely true. All right, here's Tim Riley. So we're done with Victoria's Secret, are we? I believe so. <laughs> the common household bleach is a chemical that's been around for two centuries, but scientists have just figured out how it kills germs. The active ingredient in bleach... Hydrochlorous acid causes bacteria cells to clump together. Then these clumps die off. And it's something called a heat protein. It kicks it into gear in a vain effort to protect proteins in the germs. Scientists say the same thing happens when bacteria are plunged into hot water or exposed to high heat. The report is in the scientific journal Cell. And I tell you this, uh, one of the uh, side effects of working in a kitchen when I was uh, younger, I to this day loathe the smell of bleach. And I'm not saying it's like a thing you would sit around and smell for fun most of the time, but do you ever have certain smells that you just associate with just an awful period in your life? And maybe the smell isn't good, but it's not like the worst thing ever, but it has that association. Because in kitchens, they always have to say they just call bleach water, which is, you know, of course, it's watered-down bleach. They'll get a big bucket of it. And it's like, I don't know, seven parts water, three parts bleach. And it is the worst smell on earth at this point to me. I mean, it's, it's right up there with anything you can imagine. Because I just associate it with endless, like, just being on my knees, cleaning a floor, and then draining out a grease trap or something. Just the, just the worst possible thing. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, how's it going? 
What do you got? Give you, uh, I have spent seven whole days in St. John's, and uh, basically, quickly, day one, first 24-hour period, get, uh, walked to the store to get some food. Two guys fighting over the last $10 worth of mess, followed by some guy trying to buy my girlfriend from me all the way back while walking to the Safeway. How much were they offering? Uh, he wouldn't take. Just wanted us to get in a car. Ah. And um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like buying. <laughs> that no, sounds like shoplifting your girlfriend, sir. Yes, and then uh, followed by waking up to finding syringes in the front lawn. I only lasted seven days in St. John's, but uh, you know, someone's gonna try to unload some real estate. I suppose it'd be a great idea to do so. Uh, so uh, anyway, you have a good one. Thank you. All right. My, my favorite thing about St. John's is to go to the return desk at Fred Meyer. Uh huh. When someone tries to return, like, uh, uh, a transmission dish or something like that, worth quite a bit of money. Right. And and the receipt that they're presenting to the person behind the counter is a pair of socks. Like, <laughs> but that's what they gave me. And, and, the, but, and, and it's, it's when poor people know they're lying, but can look you straight in the face and lie. <laughs> There's a certain panache to that, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a certain sort of, uh, there's a certain sort of style to that to go, uh, wait a minute! No, this is uh, this is for a potholder, and yeah. you're, you're trying you're trying to return a car. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, I mean, I guess when you're poor, you, there's a certain shamelessness one must just learn to embrace. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Rihanna, who's uh, familiar with this song, Stress? She will not be playing her scheduled concert in Indonesia due to concerns about her safety, according to the. J- Jakarta Post, the singer's event spokesman Troy Wonka said the show will be postponed until January, February. The sudden decision to nix the performance came after the execution of three convicted terrorists in Indonesia. I don't know what we're talking about here. This is Rihanna, and then she's supposed to be playing in Indonesia. Oh, but okay. Oh, okay, because there's a whole thing. All right. Yeah, uh, the country's been put on high security alert, but Wonka said that Indonesian security has not been supportive of Rihanna and her concert. All ticket holders for the sold-out show are expected to receive full refunds. Does Indonesia seem like a place you'd want to be playing anyway? It has a lot of oil. Really? Yeah. You'd be paid in oil? Rihanna demands to be paid in oil. And your finest cheeses. Uh, here's it's Tim a more Dutch colony. Kelly Clarkson fans will soon hear the next single from the singer as early as December. Yay! She plans to release her next hit. That's wishful thinking by December 8th. <laughs> in late October, Cluxton announced on her blog that she has just finished recording her fourth studio album. Her producer, Dr. Luke, who has worked with the likes of Avril Lavigne, Britney Spears, and Katy Perry, oh, she is, said the new song is without any country influence, as previously reported. He said the song is entitled, My Life Would Suck Without You. That acts as a part B of Clarkson's 2004 hit, Since You've Been Gone. So she's sequelizing. Yes. Well, that is a canny marketing strategy. Sarah bought that song. Oh, I bought that whole album. I love that album. My life would suck without you. Are you seeing if it's been leaked? Yes. Yeah. Well, I root for her. I mean, I uh, I don't really. I mean, I'm not like a big Kelly Clarkson fan, but I uh, I pull for her. She's Honestly, she's... that her breakaway album had nine number one hits on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, she has a, she has spunk. I like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. By the way, um, it, it, we're already just there's so much stuff happening today. Uh, Mr. Skin's going to come up later. Uh, we got uh, Dorothy Casaseri from the National Enquirer. We're going to ask about that photograph of Cindy Palin like making out with that dude. Uh, Jim Roop trying to get to this top five. Mr. T infomercial, more from Tim. And then Chris Paddock has got a couple. Uh, I'm just going to say there are a couple. So I'm not even going to describe them. Just gonna, he's got a couple, couple new pieces of music came across his desk. Uh, we were listening to it yesterday. That are, uh, they're quite something. I'll put it that way. Uh, let's do one more and then we'll take a break. 
Uh, let's do a hick watch. A Here's your, uh, really? Yeah. Wonderful. Here's your double hick watch for Thursday. Copenhagen makes me feel scared. Copenhagen, way I know it should. Well, I put a little chew in my mouth, go spitting, slobbering all around the house. That Copenhagen makes me feel so good. Well, try to figure out what seat this is from, because I have no idea. An Escambia County couple died over the weekend after an argument over the Alabama-LSU football game ended in shotgun blasts. So it's either Alabama-Louisiana. District Attorney Tommy Chapman identified the people killed as Dennis and Donna Smith of Appleton Road. The shooting occurred shortly after uh, 7 o'clock at the home of Michael Williams near the Owasa Community County uh, Church. In Conica County. Is this, a, is this like a story made entirely of the components of various countries? Yes, it is. Uh, Williams was arrested and charged with two counts of murder. <laughs> uh, Investigators said witnesses told them that Dennis Smith, an LSU fan, called Williams a fan of the Crimson Tide after the game, and an argument ensued. Officers said Donna Smith was a relative of Michael Williams' girlfriend. Is this getting too complicated? Soon, the Smiths arrived at Williams' home, and the man wound up in a physical altercation. Smith retrieved a pistol from his vehicle and threatened Williams, who armed himself with a shotgun, and fired two blasts, <laughs> striking and killing Dennis Smith. <laughs> Donna Smith then threatened Williams, who shot and killed that woman. Investigators say alcohol is believed to be a contributing factor in the killings. And stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh... Part two. A woman who tried to flee a Ku Klux Klan initiation, apparently this uh, happened at a remote campsite in southern Louisiana. The woman had found the Sons of Dixie group and took a bus down from her hometown in Tulsa. This is a secret white supremacist group. She arrived on Friday and underwent uh, several rights, including having her head shaved. Now, see, because she wanted Holy to... Holy crap. Because this is the thing. Like, she she went there to join the Klan, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. she rode the bus and she was a willing participant in so, this. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's the thing. She got on the bus rode all the way there, and then went all the way to the woods with these morons because she wanted to join the clan. She undergoes... So let's pick it up with what? They shaved her head? Yeah. They shaved her head. And then she was taken to a campsite where the ritual continued. Uh, at some point during Wednesday evening, the woman got into an argument with a group leader who pulled out a forty caliber handgun and shot her. We believed he then uh, rolled her over and... Uh, Began, uh, I guess he pulled the trigger and tried another. Oh, no. Oh. He tried to remove the bullet from her body with a knife. Ku Klux Klan costumes. They were... are the smartest folks on earth. Ku Klux Klan costumes were recovered at the campsite. It just shows you the callousness of this group. Then uh, Foster, who's ahead of the group, <laughs> urged, urged his followers to burn the woman. Her body was found by the side of the road. What? Is she dead? Oh, no, she's totally dead. And oh. stupid. Uh, and dead. So... So apparently they went to a local Sarah mouthed the word dead and asked for something to remove blood stains from their clothes. <laughs> the clerk recognized the man and contacted the police, who then found them and read at the campsite. And here's the thing. I feel sorry for no one in this story. So, so she got shot. Her. So the guy shot her, threw her on the ground. Tried to dig out the, the bullet, bullet with a out. knife. That's how you... Here's... Look. And then burned. They'll never find it during an autopsy. Here's... Here's... here's <laughs> No, no, no. That'll and then plug up the back of her head with uh, with with uh, with putty and paint, sawdust. Stick some seriously. <laughs> Hold on, get me some dirt. I'm gonna fill up the back of her head. God damn, people are stupid. So f her first of all. Um, so it, five of the remaining clan members were caught in the woods. But and yeah, the leader turned. Did they, so why did they Why did they start shooting her after they shaved her head at that? Because uh, they're stupid hicks. 
because they're, they're morons. Um, so just to, the high points, this idiot woman gets, uh, what should I do to make my lot in life better? I know I'll join the clan. She gets on a bus, goes all the way there, goes into the woods with these mouth breathers. At some point during the initial, she lets them shave her head. Mm -hmm. But then at some point, I mean, and here's the thing. It's like if you've already made the decision in your life, like if you are so deeply, unbelievably stupid as to have gone through the, mm -hmm. well, I could go to college and learn to read and make something of myself. I could, uh, I could, try, to, I could try to break triple digits with my IQ through study. No, I'll join the clan. And then you actually seek out the clan. Because I don't think they're in the phone book. Uh, then you then, then you actually have to find the bus schedule, which presumably doesn't have a stop off at Clan the, the initiation. It's not like it goes. Not like the bus stop goes from like you know Jensen Street to First Avenue to Oak to Clan. So you have to find the Clan rally, figure out the bus, buy the bus ticket, go there, walk into the woods uh, with these tool users. Then she gets all the way through the ritual to the point where they're shaving her head. But then. Then at some point it just becomes too much. Then it, they go too far. So, by the way, in case you were wondering why maybe you should try your best not to grow up as like a backwoods racist idiot, it's because you're going to end. It's because you're going to end your life face down on the ground with with some jackass digging a bullet out of the back of your head with a hunting knife, and then going to the store and asking the clerk, "Say there, what'll get the blood out of these robes?" Do you recommend Todd? What am I going to do with these stubborn stains? Do you have any shoes? Oh, God. Oh, man. Ah, oh, there you go. I think that's... Uh... The, the sheriff called the uh, group a bunch of kooks, but didn't believe they posed a serious threat to the public prior to the slam. Hey, as long as they only pose a threat to each other, keep at it. Keep at it, Chester. All right, you just redneck yourself right all the way to Jesus. Uh, well, let's take a break. We've got a, I believe we've got a, a, a bosom uh, slash brazier call when we return. Let's see. Uh, so identified by Richie. Uh, later on, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We've got Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer and Jim Rue, plus more from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970, thank you for coming along. Coming up here in a uh, short while, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, also uh, CNN Radio Correspondent, James Roop. And uh, we're going to also watch us. the whole Mr. T video, right? And we're going to watch the Mr. T information, I'm letting it, now I have all the audio from it. Uh, and then I'm letting it buffer right now, so hopefully we can watch the whole video. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they know at the very least I have the entire. I captured all of the audio this morning. I went out of my way to make sure that we uh, that we have because it it does look to be uh, it looks to be quite wonderful. Did you just make some new stinky tea? 
I made some new delicious tea. Delicious tea. Just now, actually, yes. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, let's see. We've got uh, Dorothy Carcassari joining us here uh, in a few. This uh, we'll do. Tim Riley. Uh, we'll get to Tim Riley in a moment with uh, some more news. Top five. Whole bunch of stuff. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hello. Hi. I love my Victoria's Secret bras. Wait a minute. This is Kara. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hi, oh, Kara. So that actually... Maybe it's for the more amply bosomed. <laughs> you know, well, now they seem to be just for those those stick girls with big implants because they're really small around with these massive, massive cups. Well, let me just uh, hold on. I'm going to linger on the phrase massive cups for a second. All right. Now, <laughs> uh, before we do anything else, uh, don't let them forget. Uh, actually, so when we go to the next break... In my office, I have a bunch of stuff i got to bring down and distribute to you guys. And I was going to do it next hour. Victoria's Secret bras. No, yes, no. Victoria's. <laughs> Free bras for everyone. Bras for all. <laughs> Hear that, Richie? Uh, <laughs> but someone who may, in fact, be Kara actually uh, went on a trip overseas uh, with her husband and actually brought back um, goods for us and many, many different varieties of goods. Mm. I don't yeah. want to give anything away. I don't want to spoil the surprise. But uh, there's a little bag for each of us uh, from uh, from Kara and her trip. Kara, thank you. Thank it's, you're welcome. Kara. It's all. Don't get super excited, but it's kind of cool. No, it's uh, it's it's quite something. So I'll bring those down in the next break. No, just I feel like the amount of money that I've ever paid for my Victoria's Secret bras does not match like the quality of what you know it is. It's a point of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it kind of depends. Some of the more expensive ones are <clears throat> are are crap. My problem with them is they change their stock all the time and. A few years ago, I found just the perfect bra. It looks good. It feels good. It makes them look fantastic. It's wonderful. It's the best bra ever. I bought three of them, three different colors, and two months later, I figured, well, I better buy more just to stock up. Oh, we don't carry that anymore. This is exactly how, like, when they make a a special flavor of Pringles, I buy, or that, 15 cans, or, like, at the Gap. Actually, that's a really good point because the Gap... Every, you know, every three or four months, whatever, they drop everything in their gene department and they come out with a brand new, which is good for me because, you know, I don't have to pick. In other words, I don't have to remember to update. They just do it for me. But sometimes I will find a really great pair of jeans and I know I got to buy like nine pair because they're never going to make them again. Yeah, I don't want to update my everyday bra. I just want to to have it be perfect and leave it alone. And they like to change them. So now I'm I'm just dreading the day that that one of that, that these are eventually gone, so I try to rotate them quite a lot. These are eventually gone? Oh, the bras. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I, uh... that'll happen in time. I'm still young. <laughs> By the way, but uh, points for using the phrase, and it makes them look fantastic. Oh, it does. Ah, best call ever. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, there you go. Yeah, like, Karen, she, uh... a, she, she does. She's a, a bigger woman in the Bristol region. She's an amply endowed woman. Scotty J really loved her ample bosoms. What? What? Look over there. Uh, hey, uh, Richie Bristol. Uh, Look at somebody. <laughs> what is the deal with that? Uh, well, I just want to know, like, what my schedule. What is the deal with Dorothy? All right. So should we call Skin? Do you want to do? Uh, do we get Mr. Skin right now? Because we actually had to bump him from yesterday. Let's do that. Okay. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth. Tim. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A Medford woman is going to jail and must pay a restitution for sending her kids door-to-door seeking donations for an imaginary trip to a volleyball camp. Carly Torres will spend 90 days in jail. She'll have to pay back more than $3,000. 35-year-old mom and her 33-year-old husband sent the kids through neighborhoods in Medford, Ashland, and Eagle Point to ask for donations to send their daughter to a volleyball camp. Well, they really didn't. There was no camp. The couple spent the money... On monster truck rallies. (laughs) 
shopping mall trips, and weekends at the movies. That's like a third hick watch, dude. It really is. Uh, they spent the money on monster truck rallies? Yes. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I have I have paid to see monster trucks. Me too. Also, I was like 19, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but I mean, but I didn't do it by stealing money that was meant for children. Uh, that's wonderful. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, teach your children well. A self-proclaimed Paul Abdul stalker, not the one that died, but the, another one still alive, there have to be more than one, is angry after the death of the uh, alleged Abdul stalker that made headlines. Paula Martirano tells TMZ in an angry email, when they broke the story, his friends and family thought he was the one who died in front of the American Idol home. He so, wrote, quote, I've been getting endless emails and calls from family and friends who saw your headline about the Paula Abdul fan death. Wait a minute. So this is one stalker angry because the other stalker is giving him a bad name. Correct. And getting all the publicity, really. I guess. Well, but you know, but now there's more publicity for him. He's got the field all to himself, I would imagine. Well, this person was also an American Idol. During the audition for the seventh season of Idol, Monterano confessed his obsession with Paula Abdul in a song he wrote just for her. By the way, I would like to now uh, say, I'm going to call this, they're either going to start talking about an American Idol curse, or they'll talk about, wait, here's a better one. They'll start talking about, I'll do it as the news guy. And first up tonight, don't do it without your safety vest. Wait, do we have it? Do we have the, uh, hold on a second. Make sure you're wearing your ANSI 107-2004 performance uh, class 3 clothing. And your rubbers. Uh, Were you, you know, of a certain generation, uh, you and your mother would say, it's running out, take your rubbers. Uh And sometimes it was, if you grew up in the 80s, it was that changeover period uh, after Dr. C. Everett Koop, when, uh, you know, that word again started to mean something else. And so they'd wear your rubbers, and we'd all just kind of (laughs) go, okay. All right, wait, so... Here's how, they'll, here's how they'll do it. And up first, our top story tonight. They're calling it the idol effect. That's what they're going to I'm telling you right now. Mark my words. No, I think that it's going to be fallen idols. Fallen idols. Idol worship. Idol hands. Idol hands. Idol hands. There you go. That's it. There it is. Good, good job, Tim Riley. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I, Richie is endeavoring to locate Dorothy Carson. Sorry, Mr. Skin, but it... Appears to be a bit of an uphill slog at the moment. So let's do this. Uh, let's do a couple more, and then uh, let me list off. Sarah, all right, it's time for you to to to, to do the hands-on. All right, we production. have Dorothy Carsonary, Mr. Skin. Yeah, we but, have to play the Mr. T. But video. he can't find either of them right now. So um, let's do Mr. T then. Well, so here's we we got Mr. T, the infomercial. We got the Viso Instapol. Can't forget about that. Viso Instapol. Mm. I'd say those are the two priorities because we've been teasing those forever. Well, yeah. How about a couple stories with Tim and then the visa, visa, All right. visa And then we got the Mr. T thing. Tim, you want to be here for that, right? Yes. All right. Uh, and then, of course, things that are, you know, other things we'll get to if we have time. But uh, those are the big two. All right. So let's do a couple more here and then we'll do those. Uh, let's do a corpse watch. I'm digging up phones. I'm digging up Mr. Skin is in some sort of a meeting. She's got us. Richie, don't leave three messages. Listen to this, Richie. Uh, Dorothy and Skin both not around. I left three messages each. Oh, jeez. Richie, have you learned nothing from swingers? You leave one message. 
And I just got an email. Skin's in a meeting of some kind. So, uh, yeah, he is not. He, they actually, I just got this email. It says, Skin is in a meeting. Sorry, he was all set to go. This is running long. We'll have to wait till next week. So, no, no, Mr. Skin. I don't know the deal with Dorothy, especially with a hot girl, Richie, and only three messages. She's going to think you're weird. She smells the desperation. She's going to think you're a portly Asian crossdresser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Sure. Was that out loud? <laughs> uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Many women love them. Yes. An 80-year-old woman, make that 90-year-old, apparently... Like, it really matters at that point. She's been living in a house with the bodies of her three siblings, one of whom may have been dead since the early 1980s. Holy crap! It's devotion. The bodies were found Friday morning by police who were called by a senior advocate. The 90-year-old woman was taken to a hospital for observation. The Cook County, Illinois Medical Examiner's Office said... Or is that the Cook County Medical... Sorry, I blew the joke there, but I'm sorry. That's possible. They said the people had died of natural causes. How many times have we heard that? They won't say how long they've been dead. Uh The office has identified the dead as Anita Berkstoff, who was born in 1910, Frank, who was born in 1920, Elaine, born in 1916... Anita Berkshoff was last seen alive May 2008, Frank in 2003, Elaine in the early 80s. Neighbors described the women as alert and aware. I guess not all the women, but the woman who was found. (laughs) The others were less responsive. (laughs) She was well-liked. They also have joined the clan. Mm -hmm. She enjoyed gardening and sharing her plants with others. One long-time resident said the woman explained away her sibling's absence by telling neighbors her brother had gone to live with other relatives and that one of her sisters was an agrophobic. All right, but here's the the weird thing, though. If the first person died in the early 80s, she's in the house with three corpses. I'm sorry. No, because that means that like each sibling simultaneously agreed that they were going to live with the other dead right. siblings. Right. So <laughs> just her. So four of them are alive. Then one of them is dead, and the other three are just still living. Then two of them are dead, and the other two are like, "Well, should we get rid of these two? But nah, it's fine. You know, why stop now? And, and then finally, she's like the last man standing. It's just her and the three siblings. So they all had this tacit understanding that they weren't going to get rid of the bodies of their siblings when they died. See, this didn't. At first, I thought it was an uninteresting thought that maybe she just killed him or whatever. But this sounds like some sort of a... That's four separate brains, or I guess three, probably. Yeah, I mean... Deciding to live with the dead bodies of their siblings. Totally. This is like some sort of a corpse-based tontine or something, where where as they die, they all just agree just to like, well, let's just keep him around. Well, that's just weird. All right. Oh, speaking of weird, that Jim Jones special is on tonight, isn't it? Uh, It was on last night. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Thursday. No. Wait, I take it back. I saw Soledad O'Brien, uh-huh. with whom we spoke, uh, doing that last night, but you're right, it was a tease. Uh-huh, it was a tease last night. So, so tonight's a guarantee. Tonight, 6 o'clock on CNN, Escaping Jonestown, a new special by Soledad O'Brien. That is on CNN tonight, 6 o'clock. Yeah, she was teasing that on Anderson Cooper last night. All right, there's your uh, corpse watch. I like you folded that into the corpse watch. By I'm digging up phone. Digging up phone. I'm digging up phone. Digging up things that's better left alone. So we got all these calls. So if we're going to do the Insta poll, I got to take these calls first. Uh, so uh, let's do that. Then we'll do the Insta poll, and then uh, Tim, you do want to hear the uh, Mr. T infomercial? Yes, I did watch it at home last night, though. All right. I cheated. But you should. Well, you should still be with us. It should be a okay. bonding experience. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes, it's you, sir. Hello. 
Oh, fantastic. Hi, hey. hey, I uh, just had a question about the uh, Quantum of Solace tonight. I was uh, very much looking forward to this because I love sharing my cinematic viewing with you, uh, such as The Dark Knight and Indiana Jones. And I what, is the, uh, what, is this, what is the whooshing sound in the background, sir? Whooshing sound. Well, Are you driving? I, I am driving. Okay, that's probably. And it's this wonderful thing. Um, but anyways, no, I uh, called the theater... Can I not buy tickets? I heard that there's a gang of people standing outside claiming... I think the line has probably already begun. Uh, Yes, they said that there was pretty much no chance of ever even getting near the building. Yeah, we were, I have to tell you, we we gave away some tickets. CBS is, of course, uh, you know, happy to be uh, presenting that. We, uh, We gave away tickets here. And we have, oh, that reminds me, I did the Glorious Pastor of the Week, because the the Glorious Pastor of the Week actually wins uh, a pair of tickets. We had a a finite amount of, we had a finite amount of tickets to give away, because they were really, really in high demand. Yeah, it does not surprise me that now at 2 o'clock, there was already a line for that movie. It is, they were, they were very, very uh, hard to get, and they were a prized commodity. So we, uh, we got a few to give away, but uh, only a few, because yeah, they were, uh, they were, they were kind of a big ticket item. I feel so sad now. I'm deprived, and I'm going to cry, and it's, it's going to be very emotional. So I, uh, that's how I'm going to spend my night. Who had tickets, but she said that she couldn't go? Uh, I think so. Richie had that, but I'm not sure. what okay. Richie's probably giving them to some slut. I mean, let's oh, be honest. Right. Thank you. I have a scorching hot fiancé. You said it. Well, do you mind? Are if you re- trying to hook out your fiance for a ticket to hey, this movie? He called her scorching hot at the uh, Indiana Jones premiere. Actually, her name was Caitlin, and uh, on the air, actually, I still have it saved that uh, you met a scorching hot. Uh, oh, girl named oh, Caitlin. I wait, hold on. I yeah. remember you guys. Um, yeah. So when we were at the Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull premiere, mm-hmm. I was talking to uh, Court and Tim and Fat Boy and, and Paddock. And your fiance came up, and I actually signed something for her, didn't I? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. We have signed posters of Indiana Jones. We had you sign the back because it was worthy of its own space. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, uh, I mean, no offense to you, she re- she is really hot. Yeah, see, and, and we could have been there, but uh, I'm deprived. And it's well, I, <laughs> is this like some sort of weird uh, audio Craigslist posting right now where you're, like, willing to barter? <laughs> I'm feeling very uneasy about this whole thing. Depends on if she's listening or not, but no, I'm joking. No, okay. it's not. We're gonna no we're gonna take that as a cue to move on, sir. <laughs> All right. Thank I you. Thank you. Right, you yeah, I do remember that guy. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she's very hot. She's worth some tickets. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. I tried to call him at 12:33. Rick, I'm the last caller from yesterday. Oh, goodness, there was a strike not two <laughs> yards from me, and it was at this doghouse, and I crapped in my pants. And then somehow the phone was there, and I was like, Rick, Rick. And I was staring, like, back at the phone and back at, you know, the, the happening in the back of you. Anyway, my birthday is on the 21st. And Wait, what, what, hold on, stop, hold on, stop, stop. Your, yeah. phone, your phone was cutting out for, like, 30 seconds. All I heard was pants and crap. And t- what Did you get on the air yesterday? Oh, I bollocks this all up. Well, I was the last caller. Did, and Did you get on the air? Well, I did, but there was, before I could finish, there was a lightning strike, and I, I went oh, and flying you- up. And, and did, now you didn't literally uh, soil yourself, did you? Uh, it was darn close. Okay. I mean, it was, you know, there were right. several factors involved. But I was just wondering, my birthday is on the 21st, and Mitch Mitchell was one of my all-time favorite drummers, literally, really. And I was just wondering, for my birthday gift, if Tim Riley wouldn't mind just rereading the headline, but instead of saying Mitch Mitchell, if he could just say Mitch Mitchelson. Mitch Mitchelson. Raise your hand if you understand anything about this call. I heard something about lightning and pooping. That's all I know. Why would he say Mitch Mitchelson? Well, it, it's kind of a long, boring, and innocuous story, but I guarantee it's it's fairly it's really harmless, and it would mean a lot to me and another listener. 
Is this other listener named Mitch Mitchelson? No, sir. His name is Ethan. <laughs> oh, we've got to do it for him now. All right, Jim. Have you, Jim, have you got a pen? Do I have a pen? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Is your name Tim? My name is Tim. Yeah. Okay. Okay. From now on. <laughs> Too much. From now on, when okay, I say I Tim, I'm on. not talking to you. All right. So just say the phrase. What do you want Jim to say? I just, if he could just read the headline from yesterday and just say Mitch Mitchelson. But what headline? In, in the place of Mitch Mitchell. Give, no, no, no. Give the give every so word. Everything. Of this. Give, all the news from yesterday is in the recycling. Give give word for word the sentence you want Tim to say. Oh, boy, uh, just. Boy. Uh, 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 I okay. uh, uh, today, uh, eh? break, breaking news, uh, today in Portland, Oregon, at the Benson Hotel in room 1233. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. News. Today. Today. We celebrate. In. Five. You know, we're not going to celebrate it. What? I thought we were doing the Bill Pullman Independence Day speech. Can you email this? No, I just, just the headline to be used yesterday is fine. All I want to You know we threw that away, right? Okay, then just have him say Mitch Mitchelson. He doesn't have to say anything else. Just give him like a three-second break. Have him Is say this Mitch a Mitchelson, sexual and I will thing, you sir? No, I'll tell you the story. You have a, you uh, no, I, no way am I asking you to hear the story. Do you have a fetish for the name Mitch Mitchelson? No, but... Does this make you tingle in a special area? <laughs> Do you I get a feeling it's like a sneeze, sense. only better? Oh, my God, Rick. <laughs> uh, it, no. Do me, sir? Do you have yeah. a pen? I have a pen. Okay, I'm going to give you something to write down. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Right. Tim at 970.am. Here's what you should do. Should I be writing this down, too? No. Oh. If he, if he nah, does uh, nah, 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 nah. I'll do too something much work. for you. You'll do what? No, here's, I'll do something for you. I'll yes. do whatever you have. Yeah. Here's what I'm asking you to do, friend. Okay. Right. Email Tim what you want him to say and when. Okay. Okay. Should I put something in the header so he knows it's me? I don't care. I'm not reading it. Tim, right. something in the header? Something in the header. Yes, okay. and put a winky emoticon in there. Will do. Okay. Uh, a header hopper. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, I'm I'm older now. And I still got two more calls before we can do the Insta poll. Okay, well, why don't you do calls and break and then get, it, get everything going Good on the other gravy. side? Good wow. So we're these calls, then a break, then the Viso Insta poll, then Jim Roop, then the infomercial. For the love of God. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, I got the last uh, word on the exploding uh, whale. How uh, can it be the last word? Well, what does that is, even mean? Well, this is, a, this is the final improvement. You've got, the, you've got your globe. Oh, snow globe, yes. And inside you've got the little pole button, and, and you have, actually have a whale figure. Yes. And then when you press the button on the bottom, the whale explodes. So, How? But you can piece the, the whale back together, and then when you lock the, the globe back on it, it'll reset the spring so it can explode again. <laughs> is it raining crazy pills outside? This is like the guy that created the pet rock. He made a million dollars. Well, hey, just stick with the snow globe then. Okay. Do, Wait, so how would you take apart the so after the well, I'm sorry, Rick. No, it know. was over. Now you've know. started it all I up have again. To know. So right. you would you would physically put together the whale and stick it back in the snow globe and rewater it? The snow globe won't have water in it. It'll have exploding whale pieces in it. Oh my God! Were you still talking to me? <laughs> okay. Well, he got you. <laughs> 
He got you done didn't, good. Didn't he? But didn't he? Are we being mean right now? We're not being mean. If, are we? Didn't even no. his inflection okay. sound like the jump to conclusions yes. guy? <laughs> it would have different conclusions you could jump to. Even his inflections in his tone. Hi. Final call. Then we're breaking. Hello. Hi. Hey. Yes. Hey, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. And, you know, to be to be the final call, that makes me feel extra special. Um, hey, I had an idea. When the government bails out Ford or Chrysler or General Motors, will those brands then become like, uh, will they be named United States Chrysler? So when someone says to you, what do you drive, you can go, oh, I've got a United States Chrysler 300. That's interesting. I wonder if there will be any sort of change with the marketing or imaging of the company, Tim. That, that's yeah. A, yeah. Like when they become Daimler, you know, when they were Daimler Chrysler or whatever. That's, that's an interesting point. I don't yeah. really know, sir. Those bailouts are going to happen, don't you think? They are. Oh, that's we, so sickening. Whether we like it or not, sir, they're going to do it. So, all right. Okay, have a great afternoon. Thanks. That Bye. was a great call. It See? Was. Like, drive the new Betsy Ross. See how I went through all that call without any inanity? All right, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to do a, an Insta poll about whether we want to know the new Viso flavor or whether we'd like for it to be a surprise. Uh, then uh, we'll have Jim Root from Los Angeles. Then this Mr. T infomercial. Then uh, more from Tim Riley the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. For the love of sweet Jesus. The message is, Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. Then. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Jesus. 503-733-2970. Coming up here in a short while, we'll do a Viso Instapol today. Do we want another new flavor or not? Uh, let's see what else. Then we got this Mr. T infomercial. More news from Tim Riley. I've now lost track of the number of things we need to play and haven't yet. It's just, it's it, It's crazy. Uh, all right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, seeing a radio correspondent, James Rue. Hello, sir. Howdy. How's life? Life's beautiful. Is it really, truly beautiful? It's okay. All right. Well, you know what? Okay is still pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, as somebody once said, as Paul Mooney said, you're above ground, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> um, hey, you guys, now we had this great audio earlier today. It is, correct me if I'm wrong here, it is in fact an earthquake drill in Southern California, but 5 million people. Yeah, uh, 5 million, 5.3 plus million people uh, registered on the uh, Great Shakeout website to uh, participate in this. I mean, it's huge. I, I went to two different locations, and, um, I mean, there's just thousands of people involved in this thing. It's just amazing to me. And so the, we have this hilarious audio, and I don't know the visual that went with this, but it was some guy, clearly some earthquake safety expert, doing a presentation in front of what what I imagine would be like a business of some kind, and it had it had like the least spontaneous earthquake uh, incident that I've ever heard. He said, "You know, folks, the funny thing about earthquakes is that uh, sometimes they can just come out of nowhere." Whoa. And then you and then you heard what sounded like a bunch of people just sort of shaking cardboard boxes with rocks inside. <laughs> It was fantastic. I mean, it was like, it really was, and as Tim said, you know, you would expect it near Hollywood, they would have be higher production values. So what, what, what form did this drill take? Well, it, it, it was spread out over several places. Um, 
But at 10 o'clock, everyone at first had to duck, cover, and hold on for two minutes. And then the whistle sounded saying, okay, it's over. Then everything else sprang into action. Emergency responders, hospital folks, triaging, um, all the injured came out. I mean, there's some great injuries, too, man. People made up. I mean, Hollywood got into this thing with the makeup, and it was really scary. And the intensity was just incredible, too, because a lot of these firefighters and paramedics that were involved, at least where I was in Mission Hills, uh, were the same ones that were involved in that Metrolink crash right. in Chatsworth. So they were, like, reliving all this stuff. Oh. The only thing they uh, – and one guy said the only thing not here are the screams and the agony of pain. Jesus. But the same sort of look, I mean, wow. the, the makeup was that good. Of some of these kids, there were hundreds of high school kids that got involved as victims. That was just amazing. They did something, I forgot about this, so I think last summer they did something here that it was kind of hush-hush, and then we sort of heard more about it. They did like this simulation of like some terrorist like biohazard sending remember that there was like they did that biohazard simulated terrorist attack here what <gasps> yes when they shut down all the streets and stuff and and they shut down all the streets and one of the bridges or something mm -hmm. and it was like they were simulating like if al-qaeda came and like blew some crap up in portland or whatever and it was the same thing where it's like okay now your job is like uh you know your hands and one of your ears have been blown off and uh, you are on fire so run around and then the fire guy will put you out or whatever it was really weird Huh. It was unbelievably unnerving. So, uh, in any event, so there's that. oh, and then and actually the uh, and the other thing is that you, you're talking a little bit about this Paula Abdul thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, did you see that the most insane wrinkle to the story is that now in the news today there's some other Paula Abdul stalker who is all irritated. He's writing all these angry letters to like TMZ because. When they broke the news that some Paula Abdul fan was dead in front of her house, they didn't clarify which stalker it was. And so he, you know, he was. Uh, Tell his, me you're kidding. No, he felt that like his name was being tarnished. I swear to God, Tim just had the story. Oh, good lord. So, and I guess they were both American Idol contestants. So I'm giving this is my little gift to you for today, Jim Rope. I'm giving you this prediction. It, this is going to happen, and if it doesn't, you can start it. There will be pundits talking about. I'm going to call it the Idol effect. Where you go on American Idol, you don't win, and then you instead become some nutcase uh, stalker that is just following around one of the hosts. Well, I watched um, some of the YouTube performance of this woman that who, who just killed herself. And right. She was terrible. I mean, she you could tell she's a little little out there, and even her her parents admit, oh yeah, she, she's a little nutty. Right. Well, it's like that. Uh, like that worker, that the, that that the McCain worker that carved the backward B on her face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah you take, kind of thing. Yeah, you take one look at her MySpace profile. Uh, profile that's uh, yeah, she's crazy. There's uh, there there's a whole lot of weird going on up in that head of hers. Beautiful, so. isn't it? It is strange. I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before, but Hollywood and show business and the media, they do have this weird, like unholy power to amplify the crazy that already exists inside you. I mean, they will turn that from an acorn to an oak in like a day and a half. Jeez. Ugh. All right. Um, I had something else I was going to ask you, but you know, now it's all just, uh, it's, it's all lost to me. I, n I now have no idea. So <laughs> it's gone, brother. It's gone. It, today's been a little bit of a crazy day. We've had about nine callers in a row that sounded like they'd broken free restraining devices somewhere to get to the telephone. So there is a little bit of madness in the air today, Jim Roop. Well, that's good for us. It really is. Are you on tomorrow? All right, we will talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank you, bud. There you go. See you in a radio correspondent, James Roop. Is it Instapol time? <sighs> yes. Yes. Jesus. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the screen. Richie has provided. There's some other audio. <laughs>
Okay. Um, there's some other audio we're going to play. We're probably not going to get to that. I'm going to tell you that. That <laughs> I can't wait to play. Is this the thing you were talking to Paddock about? Yeah. Anyway. Wait, how come we can't play it today? Because we only got 44 minutes left. We got Tim and an Instapol and the Mr. Teak thing. All right, well, then let's get cracking, mister. I'm just saying. All right, All right. let's do the Instapol now. All right, now is the time on the Rick Emerson Show. We're going to do an Instapol. Uh, so th- the question is this. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. As you know, one of our many proud sponsors is... Thank you. Visa. Those dueling visas. Yeah. Sounds like one of those paint shaking things at the store. All right, it's uh, Topaz now. Uh, so, Visa, of course, comes in six great flavors currently. The question is do we wish to know, and by we, I mean I, because I don't know yet, do we wish to know the new Viso flavor? Now, Sarah knows it. A couple of the listeners who toured the Viso factory know it. I do not know it. So, the question is do we want it to be a surprise when it hits the stores? Do we know when it's coming out? Um, no, we do not. I can write Aaron and ask because I know. So, you know, at some point, though. So it's made. I don't think they've released yet. So the question is, do we or do we not wish to know in advance the new flavor of Viso? Do we or do we not wish to know the new flavor of Viso, like, before it hits stores? So we will take a simple yes or no on this. It is the Rick Emerson Instable, 503-733-2970. Do we or do we not wish to know the new Viso flavor? I, oh, what have I done? I just hung up on something. Oh, I'm sorry, I just hung up on something. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, Instable. Do we or do we not wish to know? Uh, yes. Yes, all right, thank Real you. Real quick, I got, I got a theory about why he wants Tim to say Mitch Mitchelson. Ah. Uh, hi, my name is Mitch Mitchelson. My voice is my best passport. Verify me. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Best guess ever. Uh, Rick Emerson, Instapol. Do we want another Viso flavor or not? Resounding yes. All right, thank you. It's 503-733-2970. Rick Emerson, Instapol. Do we want another new Viso flavor? You betcha. All right, thank you. Rick, I think everybody does. All right, the people are with us on this. It's 503-733-2970. Do we want to hear the new Viso flavor? Heck yeah. Come on now. Heck yeah. All right, thank you. It's 503-733-2970. Do we want to know the new Viso flavor ahead of time? Closing the new Viso flavor. Thank you. We'll do one more bank. I think I know which way this is going. It's 503-733-2970. Do we want to know the new Viso flavor? Yes. All right. Three more. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Do we want to know the new Viso flavor? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for the vibrancy, sir. Rick Emerson has been bitch Uh Hi, Rick Emerson. Show. Do we want to know the new Viso flavor? Yes, I do. All right. And final vote. Do we want to know the new Viso flavor? No. Oh, see? There you go. <laughs> no, Thank you just you. changed it at the end. You could tell. Did you just change it? That was a question. Huh? Oh, no. What? No. Huh? Okay. Thanks. All right. Like there you the go. Lady. Okay. So uh, by a resounding vote of like... I'll just, and I'll just tell you the two ingredients that make up the new combo flavor. In other words, oh, so, so here's an example we're talking about. So there's vigor, and obviously vigor's, you know, it's like one of those, one of those like weird, you know, new names that doesn't actually tell you the flavor. So there's vigor, but vigor is in fact a combination of lemon, strawberry, and lime. And just like straw key is a combination of strawberry, lime, and lemon. Or I guess I'm the same order, but you know what I mean. Lemon. So so vigor is lemon, lime, and strawberry. Mm-hmm. Um, and will. And I'm drinking Razza right now, and that's raspberry and strawberry. And will is cranberry and grapefruit. Mm-hmm. So there's two different things. There's the name, and then there is actually the flavor combo that makes up that new flavor. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, do we have a drum roll? We have a drum roll. We'll do two announcements: one for the name and one for the flavor. 
Okay, well, I only know the name of one of them. But it's the same thing, isn't it? There are two of them. So it's the same thing. They're both... All right, now here's the good news. You ready? Yeah. They're both caffeinated. Yeah. And they're both the same. They're made of the same ingredients, but one is, you know, diet and one is regular. Okay, all right. So, um... Wh- but I know the name of the of the diet one. Okay, so what is the name? Do we have a drum roll for this? Don't you have an actual drum roll? No. <laughs> Don't I? I have, Wait, hold on. I, I think I have it. Did. Hold on. I think I have it over here. I really points for spunk though for try it. Uh, let's see. No. Uh, all right. What is the new Viso diet caffeinated flavor, Sarah? The name of it is called. Is. Star. Star with one R. Yeah. All right. Viso and star. the ingredients. What are the, what are the flavors? It's too good. I don't even want to tell you. It's so good. What are the? F- I have to know. It's, I, it's just too good. It's too good. All right. It's a mixture of. Blood orange and green apple. I don't know what blood orange tastes like. Blood orange is amazing. It is amazing. It's like uh, it's it's like an orange but richer. So it's like a really rich orange and green apple. That sounds fantastic. Doesn't that sound amazing? Now, is it possible that they're both called Star? No, because the other one, uh, Aaron thinks it was called something like. I remember him telling me the name too, and I can't remember what it is. But but there, are they both like, the same flavor? One yeah, is, they're the same flavor, but one is diet. The only difference is. is the diet. But yeah. they're both caffeinated. Mm-hmm. They both have the same flavor combination. The Blood only difference is that green I, apple. That sounds really good. Star. What did he think the other one was? He thought he thinks that it, he's like I know it starts with an E. I want to say explosion, but that doesn't sound right. All right, Viso Star. Oh, can you can you can you get it now if you're out of the factory? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. He said that it's at the factory, but they can't. But they're not gonna. Um, he said in about a week. That is great. We've got to hit up that factory, yo. Seriously. Uh, let it be known, Rick Emerson's expecting a, a shipment of that. You know, just. just I know. Of, I can't believe it's sitting there and they've been taunting us. They haven't even given us any. I'm just saying, somebody, Chris Tate, <coughs> uh, you should be taking care of that. So, that Viso Star. Viso Star. How beautiful does that sound? <sighs> that really does sound quite wonderful. All right. Alex is a god. He really is. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Why don't we break and then we can use You're the crazy. next half hour? I'm I'm totally bonkers. All right. But we can break and we use the next half hour to get all of the, everything that we've ever wanted right. to accomplish then. If you're on hold, hang tight. More phone calls. Tim Riley, the Mr. T infomercial. And if we have time, we'll uh, play a little ludicrous, not like the actual guy ludicrous, but uh, some absurd audio for you and some great audio and some... Uh, there's some plain mystifying audio. That's all on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Everybody, all four of us here wearing blue underwear today. <laughs> Just found that out. No lie. Seriously, all four of us blue underwear. 
So, uh, of course, tonight is the is James Bond Quantum of Solace, the Portland premiere. Uh, so we're going to be there, and uh, one of the lucky listeners shall be sitting with us at the premiere. We've been giving away tickets, which have been uh, in pretty high demand, hard to come by. Um, so that guy said, we had a listener call in earlier, said at one fifty this afternoon. I mean, the movie didn't even start until 7. So there's already a line at the theater of uh, people who are hoping to get in to see James Bond tonight. So um, anyway, so Richie came in, and Richie made some... How did it even start? Did he ask if he could wear women's he underwear in the movie? He was talking about how he wanted to wear women's underwear in the movie, and then he's like, I'm like, are you wearing women's underwear right now? And he's like, no, I'm not wearing women's underwear. And he kind of pulled up the side so I could see it, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's funny. I'm wearing blue underwear today, too. I don't know why I thought that. So Richie showed you his underwear, I mean, just the top, and and then you, you Sarah, volunteered that you also were wearing blue underwear. Yes, that I am. And, that, and then I said, actually, I, Rick Emerson, am wearing blue underwear today. <laughs> and then Tim, what color underwear do you have on today? Blue. How weird is that? <laughs> Newsman's blue. This really? Is that what they call it in the store? Yes. Is that like imperial red? This just in. All four of us wearing blue underwear today. Just in case you were wondering. There you go. What, even, what kind of job do you work in when you would even realize that? Seriously, I uh, there really is no place but here where that would even come up. So we should take a moment to thank listener Kara. Holy crap! Yes. Thank you, Kara. <laughs> Pardon me. Kara brought me she mint cigarettes from Poland. <laughs> Look at how tiny they are. They're like capris. So, uh, so Kara went uh, to Poland with her husband. Um, now, which one is Polish? Or are they? Are which country? No. It's the square one. Uh, Poland is not square. I, was, I was just bluffing. I don't really know. No. I don't want to look. No, like. I wanted to know. Is Kara or her husband? Polish? I do not know if uh, either or both of them are of Polish extraction. I am. I am unclear on that. Um, but so Kara and her husband went to, are you, so, is, you ask that because that's the, that's the only reason someone would go? Is that your thing? Well, I would think so because a lot of people go behind the Eastern Bloc ever since communism left because right. they were the first generation who were permitted to go there. Oh, no, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, As I was. The, the only reason I ask is because one of the things she brought back for Tim was so-called economy-grade toilet paper. Which is great. It's better than the toilet paper that was there when I yeah. was there. And so looking at that, when, when you asked which one is Polish, I wondered I wondered if that was like a, looking at this toilet paper, really ancestry might be the only reason one chooses to visit certain parts of the world, including the place that, but you're saying this toilet paper is an improvement over what they had? Yes. What did it look like before? Was it just a log? Oh, it was much rougher. <laughs> Here's some bark. And, and, and people do not sit down. They were standing... In, in places where you put your feet, outlines of feet in clay. Over a hole. Over a hole. Isn't that what they're doing at L.A., the urinals? Yes. By the way, that's what I was supposed to be asking Jim Rube is about the waterless urinals. So I have to do that tomorrow. Okay. Um, anyway, so... Uh, so again, she brought uh, me um, vodka that's distilled in this field. Yeah. And um, I guess the bison roam in the field, and every time they finish bottling a bottle of the vodka, they put a piece of grass in it. Isn't that great? This is so cool. Thank so, you so much, Kara. Thank you, Kara. And she mint cigarettes. What does that mean? The cigarette brand is called She. Sexy. It says, enliven your senses with the ultimate new mint luxury by She. Discover She oh. Creamy Mint. Exceptional creamy combination mint. of super blend with smooth menthol. None of this stuff was here when I was there. Oh, so they uh, so Sarah got vodka and cigarettes. Tim got toilet paper and what, cornflakes? Cornflakes. I don't know what Richie got. And Aaron Geek in the City is also wearing blue underwear. <laughs> Thanks. Please don't call about your blue underwear, anybody else. Uh, let's see. And then what did, uh, what did uh, she brought, uh, bring me? She brought me bacon and fries. It's like a bacon fry snack mix. Uh, oh, and a little bit of coffee that is for everybody. Um, and But I will say this. She also has the greatest thing, because, you know, I, 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 I'm a hedgehog enthusiast. I've had a couple in my life. Just drop, walking down the road. She didn't plan this. Walking down the road, 
they did in fact walk past a wild hedgehog sitting by the side of the road eating a slice of pizza. How great is that? And random. Like, how would that even happen? So she took a picture of it. So she does, she didn't give me a picture of a hedgehog sitting by the side of the road eating a slice of pizza, oh. which is fantastic. So thank you, Kara. Best audience ever, and not Kara just because you give us booze. Thank All you, right. Kara. Wonderful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, yes. And now, no. though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man's wallet is stolen inside a Gresham church. Three men at church were stealing the credit cards belonging to a Gresham man after they stole his wallet while he was at church. I wonder who did this. Uh, they're trying to reach out to new people, say the police department. Uh-huh. But the thief took advantage of the open-door policy and walked away with the man's wallet as he was uh, praying, apparently. It kind of, uh, well, betrays your trust. Church is like a second home, but now... People just don't believe it. They used it at a nearby AMPM convenience store, all the credit cards in this wallet. They tracked down the receipts from the crook's purchases over a 20-minute span. Three different men used this credit card, all of them using a different signature. So when you go to church in Gresham, leave your wallet at home. We do have, uh, let's see, some updated traffic here. If you're heading out to the coast, 101 has reopened between the junction of U.S. 26 and Seaside. A mudslide has closed down Oregon 6, the Wilson River Highway, at milepost 15. But if we look outside our studios here in downtown Portland, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's very nice outside right now. Great day to ride a bike. Yes, I know. I'm riding my bike home today. And I'm smoke Polish excited. cigarettes. Yes. Wear and blue drink Polish vodka. All wearing blue underwear. Yeah. All right. Who wants to watch the infomercial? Oh, I do. I already watch it at home. All right. So, but I, I don't want to ruin it for others. I, I have now. This is uh, the Mr. T infomercial, uh, where Mr. T is uh, he is uh, he is uh, pushing the Flavor Wave Oven Turbo. And so we watched a little bit of this yesterday. It's a few minutes long, so we'll watch the whole thing here. So uh, I will go ahead and play this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can, uh, I don't know if it's posted, but I'll post it later on. But you can see this online. It's the Flavor Wave Oven Turbo. The next sound you hear will be that of Mr. T entering an obviously fake kitchen on an infomercial set and talking about the Flavor Wave Oven Turbo. And a door with no hinges. And a, kicking down a door with no hinges. And the woman smiles and doesn't care. Flavor Wave Turbo Oven. Now to learn more, let's join actress and TV personality Carla Hahn. Who is she? With her I have no idea. TV action hero and American icon, the one and only Mr. T. Oh my God, he almost falls over. He's about to fall over. This is the oldest audience I've ever seen in an infomercial, by the way. Sorry, darling. A holy guy like me just couldn't wait that long. When you invited me to a delicious home-cooked meal, one that would keep my waistline beautiful. It's been, been a long time since his waistline okay, was beautiful. Well, Eden, just... That, you know what that was right there? When he was doing the, the keep my waistline beautiful, that was a whole like a, I used to be addicted to crack. But now I'm not... <laughs> now I'm selling magazine subscriptions. All right. Uh, what's that? Darling, ah, I lost my place. Wait that long. <laughs> when you invited me to a delicious home-cooked meal, one that would keep my waistline beautiful, what can you expect? <laughs> That's okay, Mr. T. We'll eat in just a few minutes. Oh, you. Just as soon as oh, you Mr. what T. you want. Darling, are my eyes deceiving me? Why am I looking <laughs> he at does the talk, talk like the crack the guy. He does. Well, I didn't know what you'd want. So you get to choose from chicken, steak, burger. The whole thing of frozen food. Ribs. 
But these are Is that a thing of like frozen salad. macaroni and cheese, too? Yeah. I pity the fool who tries to get this down. <laughs> I want to eat right now. So that's so that's the, on the counter. And that is the first catchphrase, by the way. We have our first catchphrase here that he has been forced to use by the producers of this infomercial when he hits this frozen food on the counter. But these are frozen solid. I pity the fool who tries to get this down. Uh, I want to eat right now. Not in a few hours. How long do I have to wait? In just minutes from the time you pick what you want. You're joking, right? That doesn't seem sanitary. Just me, Mr. T. Okay. I will take a nice, juicy, medium-rare steak. Okay, now that's the spirit. How about a potato and corn on the side? That's even better. Perfect. Now, I want to introduce you to our professional cook. This they is the flavor at everything. Oven. Yeah. This is the cook? I think this, this is, is the cook. That's cool. And it's so <laughs> cool. compact and convenient. You're going to keep it on your counter and use it every day. I just put my food in, and I'm going to put a little seasoning on the top of your steak, so it'll be extra yummy. Now, Mr. T, please do me the honor of wearing this apron because oh. you're going to be cooking too. Well, emasculating. Strangest dinner invite ever. Are you sure? Yes, because it's so easy. You just set it to cook, and you're off the hook. That's true. Look, Ma, I'm cooking. <laughs> she kind of looks like mm. Marissa Tomei. Do you see that? Yeah. Mm. This is delicious. My taste buds is going wow. Wow. So this is sort of a six-minute uh, recap of the entire infomercial. So they've cut forward to the point where he's eating the ribeye steak, and his taste buds is going wild. You're right, Darla. It was fast. Take a look. See how it swirls around like a tornado? Well, I think they're making popcorn or something here. That does the same thing when it's cooking. It looks like styrofoam. So instead of turning the food, you turn in the air. Exactly. See, the tornado-like airflow actually... For tornado-like airflow... Is that something you really want in your kitchen? This is off excess fat, making Ew. your food leaner and healthier than ever. I love it when a plan comes together, darling. <laughs> now, let's go. Now, first of all, it's embarrassing enough that he has to say that. Second of all, that is not even his catchphrase from the A-team. That is the catchphrase of John Hannibal Wait, Smith. What, what was the catchphrase? What did he just I say? I love it when he says, I love it when a plan comes together. Oh, okay. I That's an A-team that. catchphrase. But that is not even, that's a catchphrase from Hannibal. It was written by an 18-year-old intern who got the Wikipedia pages. Totally. <laughs> and it was like, list of pop culture uh, phrases. And how annoying is it that he keeps saying Darla? Totally. He keeps saying her name over and over again. You know that he spent about 40 minutes in the dressing room memorizing that name, and he uh, wants to show off. Because he wants to do the sequel. Darla, Debbie, no, 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 damn, Darla, Darla, Donna, Darla, damn. So, I love it when a plan comes together was voiced, that was George Papard's catchphrase. Of course, uh, he he did. So make some guiltless country fried chicken and French fries. I thought you said it would be good for my waistline. Don't worry, Mister T. I'm not going to add. He keeps doing the twist. He's sort of dancing back and forth. Wait a minute, Darla. You can't cook fries and fried chicken without oil. And Mister T. Like he's a puncher. <laughs> Woman. And you take them out, and Mister T. I'd like you to try one, and you tell me if you can't tell that those were not cooked in five pounds of splattering grease. First of all, I have to say this is a weird-looking group of people in the audience. This is not from Central Casting. This, this is. The, I don't know where all the good-looking... Tim, where would you... What, what, I mean, what product would you say got all the good-looking people? What kinds of infomercials get all the... Get, Remember you know, the guy with the glasses? And the, and the weird argyle sweater uh -huh. with the woman? Yeah. The amazing cyber slice? Kind of a Bob Saget-looking guy. Uh -huh. Would you, would you uh, estimate that Ron Popeil probably has his first choice? Yes. He gets the first pick mm -hmm. of the audience. These people are leftovers. Hmm. 
They're so golden brown and crispy. It's good, Dollar. <laughs> That's because the flavor wave seals in the flavor. Mm. Now look at this, Mr. Chief. You know, nothing this seals in flavor. Cook. They add Who cooks like that? And the crowd is just getting so upset about this. They never saw things cooked in cooking oil before. Mr. T, this is all the oil, fat, and grease that we didn't have to use. Who would all let me, buddy? We all want our kids to eat healthy, right? Did he say me, buddy? Who want that in me, buddy? Who want all that in me, buddy? I swear to God. Hold on. Popeye the sailor. This is all the oil, fat, and grease that we didn't have to use. Who want all that in me, buddy? Who want all that in me, buddy? What is she saying? You have to go back. I got to go back one more time here. I This is all the oil, fat, and grease that we didn't have to use. Who want all that in me, buddy? We all want our kids to eat healthy, right? Check this out. Roasting vegetables actually makes the vegetables sweet and tender. Look, they're perfect. That's right, boys and girls. It's always good to eat your veggies. And another thing about the flavor wave, Mr. T, is that you can reheat your pizza with no soggy crust. There's nothing worse than reheating pizza in the microwave. I love crisp, crunchy crust. Why microwave? And alliteration. <laughs> you had to stop Remember, for that one. It can start off frozen solid. That's right. Hmm, Dollar, that looks finger-licking good. <gasps> starting to get hungry again. I'm surprised he could say that. Because you know, that's a trademark. Yeah, it is. He sounds like Tracy Morgan's character on 30 totally. Rock. Totally. Because he talks to him, he's like, I don't know, Miss Lemon. That, I could totally see Yeah. That. Tim is also right that they're they're talking. This is actually not talking about chicken. They're talking about ribs. I watched it last night. They have the barbecue ribs, but he describes it being finger licking good, which is that that is a trademark of the Yum Corporation, who owns KFC. Dollar, that looks finger licking good. Yeah, that's a cease and desist. He does sound like Tracy Morgan's character. With the grill play, grilling is just as easy. With the flavor wave, you can. Maybe gas can be working on his Mr. T. Look at all those delicious grill marks. You can never put a kebab in a microwave. No, I'd hate to see that. Hold on. That is another life lesson we've learned from television. You can't feed your family with a cod piece. You can't put a kebab in a microwave. Take the flavor wave outside. All you have to do is plug it in. FYI, you can put a kebab in a microwave. You don't have to buy a barbecue. Hmm. You can barbecue and grill any season of the year. I feel sorry for all those folks out there grilling in the chilly weather. <laughs> you know, Dollar, I think I'm falling in love with this flavor wave turbo. Wow. I am Mr. T. This is the... Oh, my God. How sad that he would actually even have to say, I am Mr. T. We know. I am. He can't even... I don't think he can abbreviate anything. Wow. I am Mr. T. All right. This is the... I believe this is the triumphant conclusion here. Dollar, I think I'm falling in love with this flavor wave turbo. And with you, Dollar. Welcome back. I am Mr. T. And I've been learning about the amazing low-fat cooking pro, the new flavor wave turbo. It cooks faster than anything you will ever experience. And with less fat and calories. It's so convenient and compact, I'm sure you'll use it every day. I have a surprise for you. It's not my birthday. It's a birthday cake with candles. You're not mistaken about that, Dollar. <laughs> no, you're not going to turn down a I'm surprised she's not wearing the frosting. chocolate brownie cake, are you? I pity the fool who would do that. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Oh, and he's watching his waistline. Mm, and he's going to eat this cake. Now here, Mr. T. This That's true. This goes against the whole principle of the infomercial. Oh, seriously, what is, so what is the <laughs> point of this? Big, she gets him a big chocolate cake to eat by himself. Like, look at how, you, how all this grease you're not eating. Have a big chocolate cake. I've used this grease to make a cake. Have some. 
And doesn't he sound like a not... I, he sounds, he sounds like a, drunk. Can we just say he sounds drunk? I was going to say not terribly sober, yes. <laughs> he sounds like a, like a drunk high school student who's doing that presentation he's been working on all night long. Well, they kept him in the green room a long time between takes. And it's a lot of, like, in conclusion, I would like to say that Albert Einstein was a great man in the history of chemistry. Sports and a flavor wave turbo oven expert. Oh, Darla, you shouldn't have, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> now enough of this jibber-jabber. <laughs> it's time for you to pick up the wow. phone and order your very own flavor wave turbo oven. Stay healthy, America, and call now. Have some cake. Well, I'll eat my cake. <laughs> the proceeding was a paid presentation for the flavor wave turbo. Proudly brought to you by Fame Direct. Okay. No words. I'm going to isolate. I have time to do it today. I'm going to isolate that. The proceeding was a paid endorsement for the flavor of turbo. That's going to be our end of show clip. Wow. That's. I'm so glad we took the time to watch that today. Well done, Sarah. That is a. Uh, that was. A, that was really quite something. That makes me happy. Well, we still have like a good six, seven minutes. Do we have time to play that song that you were talking about? Uh, I I should uh, say this. We just uh, got this from the. Uh, do we, do we have office. breaking news? Well, kind of. All right, There's hold on a second. Let me really. just a uh, little... Uh... Go ahead. Okay, so we have the autopsy results on Mitch Mitchell. Dr. Christopher Young of Multnomah County Medical Examiner's Office surmised that Mitchell may not have sought medical help because, quote, sometimes people don't realize how sick they are, unquote. He died in the sleep of natural causes. All right, okay. then. That's the final word. Wow. All right. Uh, we've got a, a call here for... Uh, we've got a call here from... Uh, I'm sorry. I was just looking at the screen. Where, never mind. Remember to tell you, remember, I'll tell you something here in a minute. Um, let's just say this. Let's just say that uh, Richie's under... Well, never mind. Oh, wait. Um, uh, hello. Hi. Oh, this is the low. Hello. Hi there. How you doing, Dollar? <laughs> Our good friend, the low in Las Vegas. Man... Um, have you watched this? I haven't watched it, but I've been listening, and I died yesterday because I wanted to hear it all, Dude. and you guys didn't finish it. But I have to say that Mr. T is my hero, and not only do I have a Mr. T bobblehead in my studio, I carry a Mr. T in your pocket talking keychain. Is that true? Yes. Can you can you demonstrate it now? I don't have it with me because I'm in my office. Uh, what does it say? Uh, it says, I pity the fool. It says, <laughs> don't make me mad. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, look, I mean, if you've got a brand, I guess you use that brand for every dollar you Amen. can. I mean, it is America. We are uh, still at least somewhat a capitalist society. So. It's beautiful. My dog loves it when I walk around hitting the button. And it, Quit your jibba-jabba. <laughs> I have to say, though, just some of the expressions he makes in this video, his facial expressions are just off the charts fantastic. They're just... And then the idea, though, that and Tim totally, you nailed it. When I was wondering why they make him say, I love it when a plan comes together, which, which is George Papard's thing, but clearly it was just some lackey who said, who was given a list of A-team catchphrases. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it sounds like they took Mr. T and removed all his hood. <laughs> it's kind of like, why, 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 that's amazing, darling. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why would Mr. T be talking? <laughs> and, and to be honest, one of our, uh, as a black American, one of our uh, vocal tics is the, the substituting they for their. 
So that's why he ends up saying, "Who who wants all that in body?" Well, but then, he, but I think he actually says, "Me body," which is which is what makes it sort of doubly interesting. He says it really quick, but he's actually saying they body instead uh, of their body. Okay, well, no, no. See that I see that actually would have made sense because that is, I mean, that's a you know that is sort of a, a dialectical trait that I would have recognized. It is for a minute though. It sounded like he was blending that though with like this weird Paul McCartney thing. It was like I don't want it in me body. I, I'm almost afraid to watch it because he's my hero, dude. And, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the link up on my uh, on my site as soon as we're done with today's show. I will tell you this. Here's the thing. He does. St- I mean, look, Mr. T still Mr. T. He is still charismatic and charming and endearing and all of, all the reasons that we love Mr. T to begin I with. I wonder if he kicked that door down himself or if there was a stunt kicker. It is. I think he probably kicked it down himself, but you are right. But he did look wobbly. He looked like he almost fell over. <laughs> That's the thing. That's how I know he did it himself because you are right when you say there are no hinges on that door. Right. And I'm guessing really no nothing affixing that door to the, the frame at all. That has just sort of been... Like they just propped it up enough to, to hold it for like 30 seconds, and then he and he comes through like some sort of flavor wave Kool Aid man. Oh, why must they deface my hero? <laughs> but then, but then he, he, he it was only the first injustice. He comes through like oh yeah, and it comes through the door. But then Sarah totally uh, nails it. Even though the door was in fact never attached, it was in fact a freestanding door. He simply had to push. He comes through the door, and this, the budget. I to say the budget on this must have been so low that they could not have done a retake of anything, because he comes through the door, and the first shot you see of him is him wobbling as though he's about to keel over on his side. I think the script writers of this whole thing thought that, hey, if you could make Snoop Dogg non-threatening, why not do it with Mr. T? <laughs> the worst, most emasculating moment is when she goes, now let me put this on, and she puts, like, you know, the kitchen apron around his neck. They and put it's an just... apron on Mr. T. Dude, they didn't even they let him put, put it on himself. This dog ID tag on him. Oh, yeah. Nothing then... to do with the oven. I was, I was waiting for her to say bling. I really thought I was going to hear her yeah, say, here's end, your flavor bling. She puts on, like, a big, she hangs, like, a sort of uh, flavor wave medallion around his neck at the end. Oh, my God. We... And it looks like cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this world is upside down. I don't recognize uh, it anymore. Uh, the big question is, just really, how does this oven cook? It's never explained. <laughs> you know, they, they put food in, and all of a sudden, it's done. It's tornado it's air, Tim. Oh, my goodness. Well, well I'll, I'll go ahead and let you guys go, but uh, you, I just wanted to double-check oh. you guys got your packages correct. No. I don't believe so. I don't think so. What, what, what did you uh, What did you send? Did, did you go to Poland also? I sent musical treats for both you and Sarah. Um, were they all in one? Was it all in one package? No, they were two separate packages, one for each of you. Well, you know, well, we have a bunch of mail uh, slots upstairs that are sort of, they're like these hanging manila folders, and sometimes stuff does get put into the wrong, and they're all really close together. So sometimes people will ask me that, and it's stuff that's gotten put into the wrong thing. So I will check upstairs as soon as we're done today. Okay, let me know, because I want to make sure that you guys get them. Right. And then if, if need be, I will send new ones. All right, we will check. Thank you, all, right, all right, thank you, sir. All right, you guys take care. All right, there you go. There's the low in Vegas. All right. Oh, uh, and Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back and forth. I'm going home to use my Polish toilet paper. <laughs> uh, does it have tornado action? Somebody kicked the door. <laughs> Jesus. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. Phone calls after this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Good evening, sir. My name is Steve. I come from a rough area. I used to be addicted to crack, but now I'm off and trying to stay clean. Okay. That is why I'm selling magazine subscriptions. No. And I was hoping you could help me out. You used to be addicted to crack? Genius. Wow. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. Really, truly, I mean that. The uh, final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. It is really sad today. I love the show. Blue underwear and full moon. All four of us wearing blue, uh, blue underwear. 
Yeah, Richie, I'm looking in the regular folder. I don't. They're not MP3s yet. I don't see them. Oh, nuts. I got nothing. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. I love this show as well. Thank you, sir. Um, I got like five things, so I'll keep them real quick. Yeah. Um, it, 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 uh, basically, when I press a three, it dialed a one. When I press a six, it dialed a four. So I couldn't <laughs> dial 503. <laughs> and I, I love and the I'm idea too- of you sitting down, though, with like a pen and paper trying to like transpose everything. You've got to dial numbers. <laughs> so I was too cheap to go buy a new one. But anyway, um, Sarah, I was wondering if you got um I sent you an email. I recently went to Los or uh, to Hawaii. I did with the lost the the lost thing that you sent me. It was uh, it was so cool. I'm not really like a lost fan, but I got to see like the set and like there's all these huts and That is so neat. I got those pictures. Those are amazing. That huge tortoise that you guys were standing next to too. Yeah, unfortunately we kind of scared it back into the ocean, but um... Oh, that is so surreal. I'm so jealous of you. Thank you. Um, but anyway, oh Rick, uh, yes. you've been teasing. I love that segment, um, the best show, the best songs ever made. The greatest songs ever made. I, yeah. And you've been teasing that for like two weeks. Come I know. On, I have the, the, the latest installment. I keep meaning to do, and I and I uh, I, I, I got to get it done at some point. I know tomorrow, tomorrow we'll get to everything. Tomorrow's a really busy <laughs> show. We got uh, Dorothy Carcetteri, Roger Klein from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, Aaron Duran, I think is here. So it's. I know. I I, I, I really. I don't mean to be such a jerk about it. I really and I love doing that segment too. I yeah. have it already. I just got to find a day where we're we're not overstuffed. So maybe uh, tomorrow, maybe Monday though. Um, and last thing, uh, yeah. curb your enthusiasm. Genius or not? Yes. Yes. Completely. Absolute. I, uh, I just you can you can rent uh, TV shows at like um, different you know video rental stores and they're like ninety nine cents. So I rented. The first five seasons for 10 bucks and watch them all in like three days. Yeah, it is gold. I love it. All right. Thank you, it's sir. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Goodbye. All right, call wow. us time. That was a pretty great call. Hi, uh, probably the last call of the day. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, is this me? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. Hi, my name's John. I work for a distributing company that distributes Vivo. Hey, excellent. Fantastic. Awesome. A company on the move. Company on the move, exactly. Uh, the flavor that you have missed, the naturally sweetened one, is called Dynamo. Viso Dynamo. That's awesome. That is so, so, so Viso Dynamo. Star and Viso Dynamo, which yeah. are a sugar-free and organically sweet, uh, respectively, ver- uh, version of the same flavor, which is blood orange and green apple. Oh, sour apples. Sour, sour apple. apple. Have you tried it? I have not. It's caffeinated. I, it gives me a heart attack. I gave one to Aaron Duran, though, so you can ask him tomorrow. You did, yeah, Aaron told me at, at Diana's wedding that he had tasted one. Oh, see, now yeah, I gotta. I give it to him. I give it to him. That's the Holy Grail. Now I gotta find one. All well, right. You know what? Uh, if there's any in the warehouse, I'll try to bring you some by tomorrow. Oh you my God! You are a please. good person, sir. <laughs> All right, I'll All right. try my damnedest. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Probably no time to be fair to another caller. If you're on hold, I apologize. We'll uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow, kids. I wish we could have had a done Insta poll to see who else is wearing blue underwear and not. Total- hey, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Or not. Too little too late. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Um, all right. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow, our guests will include um, Dorothy Costa-Terry for the National Enquirer and in-studio performing live, Roger Klein from Roger Klein of the Peacemakers. That is tomorrow, kids. We want to thank uh, Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins and James Roop today, as well as... Do we have anybody else of uh, note today? I would say that, and I feel like a jerk, because I'll... I guess not. 
Uh, Rick Emerson, show producer today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, who's wearing blue underwear. Uh, in the newsroom, Tim Riley wearing blue underwear. On the phones, Richie Bristol uh, wearing blue underwear. I'm Rick Emerson wearing blue underwear. The gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds. Like us next. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye. I pity the fool who tries to get this down. 